Alright guys, before we start this episode we have something exciting to tell you all about. We've teamed up with Beer52, the world's largest beer club, for an exclusive offer just for listeners of the podcast. Now, I know you want us to get on with the show, but it will take, I swear to God, 40 seconds max. I can get through everything in that time. Plus I know you lot love quotes and shit, so we've got Danny to throw in a couple of those for you right off the top of his head. Alright Danny? Get on with it. James, start the clock, <laughs> let's go. Beer52 is the world's largest beer club, where for a monthly subscription you would get a monthly case of eight unique craft beers, two snacks and a magazine. But Jack, you know I don't drink. Every month comes with an exciting new theme. Previous themes have included Belgium, Korea, California and New Zealand. Not racist, he's not saying all the beer tastes the same. In fact, he's been trying to get on with a Belgian beer for quite a while. So, you know, you could have it like a wrap of a drain pipe. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, Danny. It says here, if you don't like dark beer, you can go for light option. Danny? I like stouts. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you love beer, it's a great way to have the best craft beer selected from around the globe just for you. Or, if you know someone else who loves beer, well... Christmas is around the corner. So I won't have to buy people a load of tacky shit. <laughs> you can get all of that for £24 a month, which I think is a steal, to be honest. We each got sent a case of this beer, and it is really great. This is so depressing. I can't, I can't do this. You know, other people are out with their wives, and I'm sitting here doing beer advert with another <laughs> bunch of middle-aged men. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to leave, because I'm actually depressed. <laughs> Daddy, stay there, because exclusively for listeners of Wernham Blog, if you use the link www.beer52.com forward slash Wernham Blog, you will get your first month for free. One of those cases of eight beers, two snacks, and a magazine for free by visiting www.beer52.com forward slash Wernham Blog. You just have to cover the postage costs of five ninety five. something I'd bloody love. That's got to count for a few beers. That's got to count for a few beers, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Roughly five ninety-five. Uh, on a personal note, we at Word and Blog do get a small fee every time you use the exclusive link. So, uh, as well as getting that great case of beer every month, you'd be helping to support your favourite podcast. Is that a genuine offer? <laughs> Are you having a laugh? How do I podcast so well? I analyse the film or TV show that it's about. You're confused. Case in point, July 2018, James Envelope comes to me and says, Danny, I want you to be on my new office podcast. And I said, James, you are aware, are you not, that I am not really a podcaster? And he says, yes, I am aware of that. But what I want you to do is use your knowledge and passion about the office and... Makes that into an analysis of the show. If you were to make a trajectory of my performance, Gross. it would be Danny, 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 Danny. Analysis quiz! <laughs> Danny, Danny, Danny. And how will I know where to sit? Jack Kendall would tell me where to position myself in relation to the microphone. <laughs> and how will I know what to discuss? There would be a written down agenda. Although... I won't be looking at the agenda as I talk. There will be no notes on the night, and that goes for all of you. You learn the notes. You speak them as if you were hearing them for the first time. Yeah. Uh, because that is it. Podcasting is all illusion. <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> you got to cry at the end, Daddy. Oh, that yeah. is podcasting. That is podcasting. Yeah, away. I assume there wouldn't be any notes on the night. <laughs> <laughs> As good as McKellen himself. Yeah, we'll dig something out of that. Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 5 of the Wernham Blog Extras Podcast. My name's James and with me, come on Dan, you're like an old lady. It's Danny. <laughs> oh, Dan, wait for me. <laughs> 
Uh, and he's been watching you secretly without you knowing. It's Jack. Listen to a podcast if you want, but don't stick around for this shit. <laughs> and it's, um... You don't uh, know his name, do you? Stop blowing. <laughs> well, we're about to find out because James is about to write it down. <laughs> Seth. <laughs> for goodness sake, why me? Why did you make me record this stuff? This podcast is sexist, homophobic, and Neanderthal garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, well welcome back guys for episode 5 and this week we find ourselves in the presence of acting royalty uh, and obviously it's not a fleeting visit like Sam Jackson or Chris Martin when they popped in for 20 minutes, or this Patrick is an episode, Stewart. or Patrick Stewart, yeah. this is an episode where the celebrity special truly deserves the name of the title, yeah, yeah, I mean yeah, he's yeah. so well woven into this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean the whole second half, like it is literally, when you when you watch it back you can you realise how much of like an episode of two halves it is, it's mm. literally, literally the first like 15 minutes is set up and then the second 15 minutes is the play with McKellen. Well he's like a proper character in it. He's like a, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, reoccurring yeah. character with loads and loads of scenes and, and it couldn't be, I mean it could be done with somebody else but it's just so perfect in its yeah. current form. I know he's not the biggest star that they've ever got on but is he maybe the most credible? Along with Patrick Stewart. Mm, I don't know, I think, so, I mean they're really good friends aren't they? McKellen yeah I was. I mean we've got to remember Patrick Stewart is like... Star Trek. Yeah, yeah he's just Star Trek. He's not, he's not Oscar nominated, he's not Gandalf, he's not you know... He's yeah not, I guess. I mean serious thespian. Yeah, McKellen's yeah. been doing Hamlet this year and he started doing Hamlet like 50 years ago. That's yeah, mad yeah, right? though, he's he, like 80. But he's playing, yeah I know it's crazy but, but that's part of the, the <laughs> sort of the joke of it but he's doing it you know and he's been all the way through yeah. know, treading the boards as they and say. He's one of those yeah. people I can't imagine him as a young person he seems to have been like born. Have you ever seen books of him or like film with him as a young Person. Yeah, he he's just, is exactly the same. He just looks <laughs> like an old person trapped in a young person's yeah. body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's one of those an people. old soul. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not having a go. You know, we met Hamilton to come on the show. You know, I didn't. Say <laughs> <laughs> Actually, have you messaged Sarah? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I've met Ian McKellen. You know, I can put you in word. Yeah, yeah. He was at. Uh, what? Oh, you've retired now, but you know, you know someone. Yeah. <laughs> he retired now. Yeah. He, he knows Ian. An old friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was with an old friend. I tell you, we were. At, um, it was when I was at university doing drama. We went down to London to watch a play. I can't remember what it was, but he, as we were coming out during the interval he'd obviously been there watching it he was he was somewhere one of the butch boys so he was just some like yeah, 20 year old like skinhead and really? uh, and the teacher was like me and like the other people I was with were like but there's him McKellen we've got to ask him for an autograph and the teacher was like don't ask him for an autograph please that's so embarrassing but we went up along anyway and uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was he nice he signed his autographs he wasn't really chatty he probably didn't want to be how do I act yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he obviously didn't want to be bothered by a bunch of 20 year olds no, exactly. the interval of whatever we were watching the vital question is was this before or after the extras uh, this would have been well, 20. You were 20. Probably the same year, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 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 You must know whether you watched it or not, because if it was me and after I watched this episode, that'd be literally all I was thinking. Honestly, I can't remember. No, because I think of him as Gandalf. I don't think of him as Serena McKellen from Extra. I know you do. That's not going to be top of the list of his when he retires. Yeah. Known for his role in extras. Yeah. I mean, most importantly, this is obviously the Ian McKellen episode, but as far as Andy's concerned, this is. You know, the chips are down. It's his big opportunity to try and claw back some yeah, of this yeah, respect yeah. that's been drip, dripping out for the rest of the series, right? He's had three rounds of just getting torn to shreds from various all angles, yeah. and suddenly he's got this sort of last chance to try and grab something. So and I, I like that you see um, some of the sort of like uh, credible critics tearing him apart, like Mark Camoe. Yeah, the news might be. Jermaine Greer, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, really laying into him. And they're good at playing themselves as yeah, well. Yeah, they are. Actually. I thought <laughs> Jermaine Greer did a really good job. Yeah, actually. yeah. Because that well, is Mark that first scene, isn't it, where Mark you've got when the whistle blows and some awful innuendos, which actually I found quite funny. Some, <laughs> of, my favorite, some, some of my favourite when not, the whistle I'm... blows moments are in that. <laughs> yeah, opening gambit. No, it gives me a headache if it's too hard. Funny. That's what the wife said to me yesterday. 
I said, don't flatter yourself, love. That's not hard. It died years ago. That's rigor mortis. <laughs> Once again, this episode's an illustration that actually, maybe when the whistle blows, is his area. Absolutely. Because, yeah, yeah like, you know what I mean? All right, Jermaine Greer and Mark Camo don't like it, but then at the end of this episode, we see him in a theatre full of people who he's completely let down. And it's like, yeah. You're out of your depth. Yeah, that's yeah. that's for his night audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. Would they in your lane? Would, yeah. would Newsnight review? Would they have reviewed when the whistle blows? No. This late into it? What's it on series two? Do we? No, in series. No, but Christmas specials is when he's in series two, isn't it? So he's still in series one. It at this just, point. Yeah, yeah, this is still series one. Yeah. It seems Again. to me like concocted outrage. A bit like it, nowadays, it would just happen. It's the sort of thing that happens on Twitter every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's like 2006 woke. But this is also in a world. After he's just completely embarrassed himself at the and the Baptist, of course, right? yeah, yeah. So, so presumably Mark Mode would have been there at the Baptist, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jermaine Greer probably, you know. The... I think it's potentially because of all that it's coming on the radar of the yeah, 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 yeah. He's just a little bit more bastard now. Yeah, and Mark Mode is that actually Mark Mode and Jermaine Greer were the two perfect people for that. I yeah, thought, you know, sort of like, they they just represent that slightly. I like Mark Comeau, but they represent that slightly more snooty end of the yeah, elitist. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I yeah. mean, Jermaine Griss, she does a fantastic job, to be fair. She pretty much, you know, she sends herself up, really, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just the, the outrage. <laughs> and it seems that this talentless Millman individual also wrote the, the script, wrote. It's I, supposed I, to have had a writer. I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the funny thing about that, Jermaine Griss, it, it lends perfectly well to this, this next gag with Barry and uh, Darren yeah. talking about what was that all in the age of the women burning their bras? You know, what was that all about? Well, it was a symbolic gesture to suggest emancipation from a patriarchal society. But I thought a bra was supposed to help a lady, you know, stop her getting backache or whatever. You couldn't tell them at the time, they were furious. I bet they're kicking themselves now, aren't they, Barry? I bet their boobs are all saggy around their ankles. <laughs> Sorry? Can we concentrate on the matter at hand? <laughs> I mean, that whole scene is literally just like it's one of those. It's, it's kind of like a uh, a Seinfeld scene. Yeah, it's stand up. It's isn't just it? an excuse for them to get some of their stand up. It's yeah, some of their lines about feminism out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, that's so funny. And yeah, I just love that bit. Yeah, that no, is good one. But also, it's quite a big um, expositional scene as well because it starts to mention the whole Robert De Niro thing. It starts yeah, to say yeah, about yeah, how he wants to claw back a bit of credibility. Mm. I was surprised at how they layered in with Robert De Niro. Mm. Thing, actually, I forgot about that. Because I thought that they did that in the Robert De Niro episode. I wasn't expecting that in this one. Yeah. Did he mention it. De Niro before, Danny? Do you remember? I feel like he might have maybe in series one if he was talking about his favourite actors. I thought you consult Danny like as if he's like Google or well, Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the first time he's really mentioned Robert De Niro because you know he's talking about the body of work he can be proud of. Yeah. But it's just oh, he really makes me quite angry in this episode of Andy Milman. Go on. Just, he's he's letting you down. It's it? just entitled. You know, it's like he wants to be Robert De Niro, but he doesn't want to put the work in almost. Yeah. He just thinks he's got a God-given right. And as if Robert De Niro would have been embarrassed to play a gay person. Do <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, that's where it ends. Like, that, that, the whole episode is literally just a an example of how Andy Millman doesn't deserve what he Yeah, yeah exactly. So, like, that's and, it. That, the yeah. argument ends there, doesn't it? And the thing is, yeah. he doesn't really want to be in a play either. He says, you know, you know, yeah. get me a play, Craze plays the thing, artists always pretend it was their first love. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he doesn't do it because he wants to do it, he do it because he wants people to think he wants to do it. Yeah. Same, yeah. same as before, you know, it is... Uh... He, he turns his nose up at being in something with Robson Green. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah, yeah. If anyone remembers, you know, 2006, literally, every Tuesday night on ITV, you'd turn on 
at eight o'clock and Robson Green would be in some three part drama. <laughs> yeah. Literally. But and he'd usually be in adaptation of Shakespeare or something, so that was pretty on the money. Robson Green seems like a funny person with them to like kind of have their knives out for and like, I know, kind of but publicly then, embarrassed. Because, like, because, because, big, like, yeah, he was just in all those programs. Like, yeah. He, is, well, is, really the, is the point of it not that Andy's turning his nose up at something that Robson Green's in and he's lucky that people like Ian McKellen don't turn their nose up at Andy Milliam in well, yeah, 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 the same yeah. way? Because if everybody acted like him, he would never get in anything after his performance on When the Whistle Blows. Well, this no. is the thing, and I'd forgotten, I never watched this with the context of, you know, only a couple of weeks before he'd embarrassed himself at the, yeah. at the BAFTAs. Like, that's the first time you'd reminded me about. So, yeah, so thinking about that, yeah, this world, he's it, lucky that Ian McKellen's even. Touching with the I mean, probably Ian McKellen doesn't watch the television BAFTAs, <laughs> isn't on Twitter finding out, you know. It's almost, it, I did feel like that was almost in the wrong order, though. Like, it could have been the other way around. Yeah. And they could have had the Ian McKellen mm. flop and the play, and then, and then the BAFTA. The it's yeah. like the massive public shaming yeah. rather than. It felt almost, yeah, like the wrong yeah, Almost, yeah. Because yeah. 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 those episodes could have been in the other and that the other way around, and it wouldn't really make any difference. But I guess, kind of, as we've explored, he's gone from, like, he's literally burnt down every kind of, like, you know, if there's a kind of, like, um, uh, a hexagon or of, like, you know, cultural touch points but yeah. you know but, but everyone's got a hit to be like a, a massively famous person he's burned them all down yeah. like he's no longer so, so I mean we, we talked about this didn't we like it's kind of like in order yeah every episode so it's like what has he done he's kind the of public. burned his bridges with the public the press burned his bridges with the media and the press and the peers and, and his peers in the industry yeah so now all he, he, he's kind of like he's basically persona non grata in television certainly at the back and actually if you want to stretch it what we're now talking about is the perception of his friends from before he was famous yeah well that's included as well yeah, but this one that's is now with these four guys isn't it yeah. gut rotten whatever <laughs> <laughs> right because yeah, yeah. yeah the guys that we met before, I mean it's probably not as important to him as well as it maybe it's is important well it's maybe not as important as in, in terms of the last three episodes because you know, he is successful in his own right, even yeah. if he doesn't appreciate that. But um, but he's basically, he's got nowhere, he's got no credibility left in, in the television industry yeah. now, and especially he knows after. And, he, and he's also burnt his bridges with film, because yeah. his agent's been yeah. on the phone, like, <laughs> talking him down every, everywhere he can. And he knows it as well, and that's why he's he's He's, he's having to crawl display. his way to what he thinks is the lower one, which is, you know, the, the, the yeah, the stage. Yeah, theater. just because yeah, yeah. it's all about the optics. He always yeah. wants to make it look like he's given his career a shot in the arm, because he's returning to his humble roots as a... As yeah. a theatre actor. Well, theatre's like, I suppose, supposed to be the credible route. Well, but, exactly, yeah. But, but he never was in theatre, was well, he? Right, he was a genie. He's Aladdin, and he's very good to <laughs> Well, I suppose, yeah, <laughs> Don't yeah. we all? He, he could say that, couldn't he? He could say, yeah. Yeah. I've been I've been the genie. <laughs> and McKellen loves the pantomime. He always does the old big pantomime. Yeah, to be fair, he does. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's clever. I'd never thought to do that. Obviously, this makeup artist is furious because. Um, Lisa Tarbuck. Oh, I don't know her name. <laughs> yeah, know her name. <laughs> Did you forget her name on purpose then? You're in character there. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I remember his name. <laughs> yeah, you remember but the yeah, podcasters. Yeah. Not the fucking. And she has a massive rant, and, so, and you can see Andy telling uh, Maggie that she, he doesn't know her name, and then, yeah, it's just the ridiculous thing with a pen, mm. and it's just, uh, you know, and then sending the message, and. It's just like, oh my god. When Maggie like, really fucks it up. And me. Maggie completely fucks it up. Yeah, and not, but, normally, normally, I can't normally, believe she'd be that stupid, though. I can't believe she wouldn't get the thing about the magic marker. And normally, when Maggie fucks things up for him, it, you're, you're, she's kind of like almost like the. Uh, I mean, this is going to be a shit analogy now, but like the kind of angel that saves him from himself. Because usually, when she fucks things up for him, it's because he's trying to kind of like 
weave a web of kind of manipulation and deception, which mm. is kind of like mm. a bad thing to do, mm. kind of thing. And when she kind of like fucks it up for him, it's like, well, you got to Whereas in this, yeah. this whole thing about them trying to look for dependence, this is complete white lie. Like he's doing, like he's got no kind of bad intentions. He just doesn't know her name, mm. yeah. and he's trying to still give her the the, the yeah. uh, autograph. So I'm kind of all on Andy's side here. Like he has, he's not doing anything wrong here, yeah. and Maggie still fucks it up for him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we speculated earlier, but what do you think her name actually is? Because we never. We don't out. know. Well, she no. said the normal way, so it's obviously normal. I mean, when I last watched it, I did like in my head, I was just assumed it's like Hannah or something. Because like, I mean, she says it's something that you kind of got you spell it in the normal way. We had Sue. I think Sue. Sue and Sue. Sue and Sue. We've already had a Susie in this episode, as we know. But oh, yeah. obviously, well, right. when she says, when she says Finn's just the usual, that's the point where she realizes we realize that she knows, but he doesn't. <laughs> and he goes back. No, I don't. Doesn't she doesn't know no, until Maggie does, reveals it. Do you reckon? She does know. No, there's why, a point where you think she does know. That's yeah, why yeah. saying, "Oh, it's just the usual," because she knows. That he's so, he knows. She knows that he's asking her. So he. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. But by that point, her hands are. So she looks quite defensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the usual. Come on. I don't care if you spell it wrong. Just, she, just, just write what you think it is. She's actually trying to, like, she wants him to just say, look, hands up, I don't know either. But she's almost like, right, let's see how long this yeah, yeah, facade yeah. goes on for. And, and I, guess I love it. the last really reaching moment. She goes, he, he goes, uh, you know, I know, when you go, what, in this context? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll just say, this what whole is my episode, name? This whole in this context? <laughs> this whole episode is probably like the biggest episode of extras ever for... Always do you, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's the first of many examples of where he just sips straight back yeah, into very <laughs> Facial yeah. expression-wise, it's that kind of like, I don't know, yeah, it's hard to say. Sucking well, his well, teeth. They can't see anyway. <laughs> it's hard to say what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say exactly what it is, but it's just a, a certain and little kind of manoeuvre that he does it's almost like he's yeah. sucking his teeth in a bit like yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, good face Danny podcast yeah. no one can see that yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but you guys you guys have just finished watching it the three of you together right when right. you went for me to arrive to the yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to the recording yeah so did you guys have any thoughts on why this scene is in this episode do you know what I mean because when I was watching it I was like it's a funny scene it's, it's like a good like sketch but what? How does this tie in with the theme of the episode? It doesn't. Like, why is this? What's this got to do? Because it doesn't move the plot along. It doesn't set up anything for later. It's literally just a scene. Well, on I've noticed that a few times with extras that sometimes they put stuff in there just because I guess they've got it and it's funny. And mm. it, do you think it's a bit of a filler, a bit of a padding? It is, I guess. And I, it's, it's a funny padding. They so obviously right. thought this is a good scene to have. Mm. We need to fit it in somewhere. But usually, what I found through these discussions is that you even see how it ties in. Yeah, even if I think this doesn't really tie in from chatting about it with you three, it's like, oh yeah, I can kind of see how you yeah. can justify it tying in but this kind of is literally on its own it doesn't own, really it? tie in at yeah. all I guess yeah. it ties in with the theme of uh, I guess Andy being desperate and kind of what's the word I'm trying to think of a parallel between no I can't really and, <laughs> but and I, I guess and, and him maybe being kind of up, being it's in the, could be maybe an so, example so, of how so. he's a bit up himself and how he kind of like has forgotten the little people maybe but, but I don't really, really think it is no, it's, it's an example though. a little bit of him spinning something out I, longer than, than, than it needs to the go the only thing on. that strikes me is that it's the only like real he could, have, he could have just said to those guys yeah look I'm playing a gay person in the yeah. play but he doesn't he like pretends he's not for ages like he's pretending to yeah. know her name that's about the only I think the, the only thing is it reminds, it's yeah. the only scene with him and Maggie really having a chat right yeah. there's the only scene where they're one on one I know they're not entirely one on one but it's they don't really have a, act as a, a double act really in this episode other than this scene so maybe it was just to sort of keep them glued together a little bit maybe I mean I, I, I don't mind a little bit of padding if it's funny and I guess we're just not used to it in like the office there's no padding yeah extras there's a little bit of padding but it's relevant padding it's you're right it's probably the only scene where I can think of where you think 
does it, you know, it didn't need to be there for, in terms of moving the plot. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just mm. funny, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's like that. It, that's, it is good. That scene Nothing in, wrong with that. That's your favourite scene in the episode. That scene in, <laughs> in, that scene in, it's like that scene in series one with um, Steve Spears, Dallas, um, you know, where he, where he went outside and he was just sitting there instead of when he asked me if he wanted a paper. Like, that mm. would have been really funny if it had been in the episode. That wouldn't have moved the In plot. a way, these, these types but of scenes because, are... But, but because, the, because scene. that scene has Steve Spears in it and he's like... The it's developing, yeah, it, yeah. That, that all ties. It's developing his character. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Whereas that's not developing Maggie or, or anything really. It's just <laughs> another. It's just another one of Maggie's blunder of the week kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way it ties in. Is that we were talking about last time that it, series two you do well, actually both series you do feel there's like the blunder of the week. It's like a, 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 a recurring theme, like like you get in some sitcoms, like something. Almost a catchphrase, like Maggie's yeah, blunder. It's got a bit in with the formula. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's best, got... best scene, and I mean that. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the stuff about. <laughs> It's got the stuff about the A-Team and the Six Million Dollar Man, which is quite reminiscent of Series 1. Mm, this sort of yeah. back-and-forth on-set banter, really, between Maggie and Andy, the kind of would-you-rathers mm. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you yeah. don't really see which much of Which doesn't have any of that, I was going to say. So yeah. you don't really get much of that, so it, it does sort of relate back to that. And also, the next scene does as well, right? Because the next scene's where him and uh, Maggie are both in the set and, and Steve Sherwood turns up. Yeah. You guys all love Steve Sherwood. Well, I actually think I didn't say I loved Steve Sherwood. Oh, yeah, well, these two do. Well, James does anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Jack wasn't okay, right, but I, I, I really love Steve Sherwood. I think he's a, I think he's a bully and a finchie and he's a bad character. Of course he is. He's, he's a slightly more. Let that explain on my part. Was, was James ever doubting that? I don't, go, go, go. I don't think he's a bully. I do. What? I do think he was a bully. No, I, I don't think, think he's he... a bully. I think he because the thing is, he comes later on to Andy's show without like um, not to take the piss. He comes, all oh, we bought tickets. We're looking forward to it. He's I think what... he's just somebody yeah, who used to go to school. Worm his way into... he's yeah. You don't think he was a bully? At I don't think. Story, I don't get the impression he was a bully. He just talked about him as a popular kid. There's no clues really from Andy word, that he was a bully. Have you ever heard the word frenemy? Frenemy, yeah. Where someone's like superficially friendly, but they're still there's they're an, being, there's a bit, an agenda. Yeah, but that's a being deep, being passive aggressive. But that's quite a deep I dig. That's what he is. I don't know. I, I get the feeling like, you know, he said to his mates like, "Oh, remember Andy from school? Oh, yeah, yeah that little fat." Twat. Andy fan. Andy fan. Should, should we go and wind him up? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's half. It's half mates. They don't hate him. Yeah. But at the same time. They're kind of taking the piss a little. The way he carries himself and the fact that that he calls him the popular kid and Andy wanted to be like him and stuff, you get the impression that at school he was, yeah, he was kind of, yeah, the cool popular kid. He was the alpha. And they took, yeah, he was the alpha and and he took the, him and his mates took the piss out of Andy. So so I kind of see, I know what you mean, Danny. Bullies maybe, bullies maybe like, he's not like a Finchy kind of bully. No, I think it's, it's more of like, he's the cocky, sure of himself. He's everything Andy's not. Yeah. And he's just a yeah, sort of. I certainly don't think him and Andy were mates. But that doesn't make him a bully, together. by the way, just because. But he's outrageously homophobic. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah but this is in. But he comes in and he's not just a you know a bully or whatever. But he comes in and he says to Maggie, you know, oh hello, you're with a pretty girl. But only one solution: are you a prostitute, love? Yeah. <laughs> and Maggie's well, like, pretty girl. Ashley Jensen. This brings us back. This brings us back very neatly to Incel Corner. Uh, because Andy Melman, this is the final part of the trilogy. Because I'm sorry to say it, but this whole thing with Steve Sherwood it, it's literally it's classic incel stuff, and it's further evidence of what an incel Andy Melman is. Because once again, we hear about the age of 28, and we hear about Ronnie Corbett. Mm-hmm. She just Maggie just spills that to him as soon as he walks in. Mm-hmm. Notice that, yeah. as she did with Greg in series one. Yeah. And also Steve Sherwood, he is what would be called an alpha male, an alpha male, or 
Yeah, what did Intel's or, call it, Daddy? They call him Chads. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, Chads. The yeah. fact that Andy, like, like, he says, oh, he probably wishes he was like <laughs> me, and then all Maggie has to do is look at him, she goes, he definitely doesn't wish he was like you. Yeah. That's very Intel. Hang on a minute. What is Intel? Well, no, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? It's the fact that all, he is successful all with... she has to do is look at Steve Sherman yeah, but Danny, the way just he's because standing, and just... she instantly knows he doesn't wish he was like Andy. But, Danny, because Andy's there. an Intel. But just because Steve is a Lothario, it doesn't mean Andy's an Intel. He is though, and, but it doesn't and make it any more or right. And make... you're saying Andy's an insult because of what Maggie is thinking. We see the evidence. We see the evidence in a minute. No, I think the evidence is that the, Andy's, well, the evidence Andy's that he desperate. doesn't want to be people to call, to call him gay. Yeah, that's not. that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's that, that probably in school he got the piss taken out because yeah. he never got a girlfriend. But also, yeah. so everyone did the whole oh he's, he never gets a bird so he's gay. Yeah, and now Steve Sherwood's come back like 20, yeah. 15 years later and nothing's changed. Yeah, it's like his schoolyard bullies come back to haunt him. Exactly. That's, that just piss, that's just having the piss taken out. Even you? though he's been successful. Yeah, but it's bullying. Yeah, but it doesn't make him an insult. <laughs> he is, though. Yeah, but no, but he's it just, doesn't he's mean literally, that. He's just basically laid out that Andy was an insult at school. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And no, it, it doesn't and at all. We see, we see smooth Chad Steve Silver. No, but wait, but wait. Is it, does, Danny, here's a, of, um, I have a question for you about incels, because I'm really confused now about what they are. <laughs> I don't think he knows. I, he's no, the last person who shouts. No, no, no. It's a legit question. Is it is it just if someone the, can't get a girlfriend? Yeah, de facto incel. I'm just using the I'm using the term very loosely here. Yeah, yes, that's, you are. Yeah. <laughs> that's true enough. I've never heard yeah, such yeah. a loose description from it. Yeah, exactly. As, as I said, you associate it with serial killers, but I'm just no, using Danny, the general no, 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 sense no. of men that you know have struggled. To and me, have a this bit is this is this is exactly the problem with all this subcontra bullshit, right? Because the fact that somebody else is less is, is good with women solidifies your commitment to this bullshit. That's the problem. <laughs> this is an external person, external fact. Got nothing to do with Andy. The like, fact that he's doing well, but for some reason that makes Andy more of an incel. And that's that, why this culture no, is just clearly, it's very clear, bullshit, mate. It's, it's very bullshit. clear from Andy's reaction to Steve Sherwood and the Maggie's reaction to Steve Sherwood that he's seen this. You know, oh, Andy. Andy does definitely feel. In that case, any any of us four is an incel because there's going to be an alpha who's the you know more. Popular with women than us. Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm sorry, but Andy Milman, what's his record? I would say, I would say this episode because, like, you see what um, Steve Sherr was like with Susie, yeah, and then you see even see Darren Lamb with uh, Maggie. I was going to say, when I was watching it, if anything is going to fit in with, sorry, Joe, <laughs> if anything is going to fit in with the, with, with your incel without discussing incel, if anything's going to fit in with your incel theory from this episode, it's for what we see of the agent. Because he's able to, especially when he's on the actual date with Maggie, sorry to jump ahead, he's able to kind of be kind of charming and nice and normal and smooth in a way yeah, that yeah, we is. don't see Andy being able to be. Yeah, exactly. So if anything, that's the kind of the comparison. I think yeah. what we see of him and Steve Sherwood is just him being belittled and kind of regressing to his kind of like schoolyard, yeah. kind of like... Uh, yeah. Embarrassed state. If, um, if anything, that's not really. Insult. You could oh, argue right. the other way. You could almost say it's actually more of a clue, a clue to him actually being gay. More, I would say yes. it's more about and him being gay. So comfortable later on but as well, but that, that that would be more more of a smoking gun. No, I would say. Join, join the club. No, but secretly, yeah. but don't once, join any club. <laughs> I wouldn't go down that. No, but I, that. neither would oh, I. Nice. But I'm saying it's more likely than this. <laughs> No, but I think this is what Danny's this is what Danny's trying to get to. His outburst in the end. I'm not gay, never have been, never will be. That's your final bit of evidence that he's an incel, is that right? I mean Because it, Steve's I mean, driven him to that point the and evidence, he's actually said that. The evidence that Andy's an incel is literally all over the two series, but this episode it comes to a crescendo. Right, good. I'm I'm happy with that. So if it's come to a crescendo, that's <laughs> still, right? still, still, still discussing this scene, Snowflake, so yeah, be but, triggered. <laughs> 
Don't, this scene, right? This scene. This is the worst feature we've ever had, and that's saying something, right? Yeah, but we're just discussing a scene, and it's hard to discuss the scene if I'm not allowed to use certain words. No, it's not. It's not allowed. You haven't mentioned the scene for the last. You haven't mentioned the scene for the last five minutes. Before we go any further, I think yeah. you guys have got way too much of a hang up, hang up about this whole in yourself. Are you joking? Literally, <laughs> no one. <laughs> No, literally, we know this, right? Since we don't broadcast this, but since we put that episode out, no one's actually come back to us and said he's not an incel because he fucking is. Definitely broke up. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. Danny, we just said to you, have you got any evidence? And you just said the whole two series. Well, the fact that you didn't get a girlfriend at school, this guy's now coming in and immediately ribbing him about Danny, it. That's indicative of We've been talking about the insult thing for like the last ten minutes or something. Hang on, let, let's have a think here. Yeah, but a it's a major... I mean, we're the ones we, we, we want to do a podcast about extras. No, I know, but you haven't given... The, extras but you haven't said any examples. You just said the whole two series. No, I've just literally... <laughs> that he's got a guy that's literally not seen him for, since he was at school. And the first thing he's done is start walked in and teasing about never having a girlfriend at school. Right. And at school, put... everyone's involuntary celibate at school. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, I didn't do no, so. no. <laughs> apparently not though. Apparently not because in Steve Sherwood's word, Andy is a little fat pufter. And that's the first thing he says to him after not seeing him at school. For but if 10 he's years. a pufter, then that means he is getting sex, right? He's just <laughs> <laughs> gay sex. Yeah, is that gay? Oh, can you be gay and you know about that? Can you be a gay and Presumably. I have no idea, but <laughs> I, I have no idea. No, it but... seems it's all made up as it goes along. Yeah, 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 yeah. but check, Andy... it, check the internet. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, right. Okay, call it whatever you want. You maybe need another word for it. But Andy has had. Andy is definitely insecure. Call it incel. Call it whatever you want. He's been bullied at school. He's definitely Steve insecure. Sherwood I agree. He's a fucking bully. I, I would definitely. Like all right, really but those, like but that's different guy. though. Those yeah. two are probably right. He has probably been bullied at yeah, school. Yeah, Steve Sherwood's a bully, and he's coming to mock him. And he's probably insecure about being gay because yeah. he is a little bit insecure. To be fair, because I think in those days when you're at school. Being gay was the worst thing, right? It was one of those things where Probably if you were... it was in 2006. That's what I'm saying. So this was that's exactly what I'm saying. Anything but gay. That was the thing at school, yeah. right? You, you, you didn't want to be the gay kid. So that's what this is playing on. And there was loads of it in the office as well. And yeah. especially since probably if there's any kind of like people who have been at school in the last 10, 5 years listening to this, they probably don't really understand how, yeah, much gay insults and gay jokes were thrown around. Especially when we were at school. I'm sure they I don't think it happened so much I'm now. I'm sure they still are. I bet they're not. I bet you, there's, I bet not, I bet you yeah. there's a handful of gay kids, openly, outwardly gay kids in every school now. Yeah, and there's some of the popular kids will be gay kids. When, when, I was, yeah, when we yeah. were at school, that never would have happened. No, not at all. That wouldn't fly, not <laughs> in my school. You're right in what you said, Jack, that, that, that all it is is Millman goes back to his school yeah. self. Yeah. He just reverts back to type. As soon as Steve Sherwood turns up, it's like... He reverts back to an old type version of himself. I'm not gay, never have been, never yeah. will be. It's, yeah. his, it's just his hang up on the fact that yeah. he can't get a girlfriend. And, and, and yeah. He's, yeah, and he's so like, and you can tell, like, he's genuinely, it genuinely still burns him to this day that Steve Sherwood thinks he's gay. And to the extent that he can't perform as a professional actor in a play later on. Yeah, but we do, do we actually think that Andy believes, that Steve believes that he's gay? I well, don't think so. I no. think Andy knows it's ribbing. Andy knows no, he it's, knows it's, it's, it's disrespectful. Yes. No, no, yeah, it's disrespectful. No, it's not, I don't think Andy has been thinking, oh man, I left school, never never spoke to Steve Sherwood again, and he thinks I'm gay. He's, yeah. he, know, he knows. No, he's it's not gay, about him being, it's not about. It, it's not about the gayness, it's about the fact that he can't get a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. saying, and he said, Oh, you must be gay then. He's yeah. like, I'm not, I could get a girl if I wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah that's yeah. the thing, yeah. yeah but, and, and, he's, and he's clearly like, you know what I mean? He's had a successful program, but he's still so insecure because he's still haunted by Steve Sherwood. 
Because like, he's still got people should, like Maggie thinking, oh, yeah. you can still do what Steve did. Yeah, they need to. He wants to be like me, if anything. He sees Maggie, you know, getting excited by Steve Sherwood. Steve Sherwood ribs him and he, he can't take it. He gets really angry. It's to the really point quickly. where he, he tries to sort of blow off the dust and make his own come on to this girl, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. when he tries to imitate the water shaking. Water. Such a great little bit of uh, like physical slapstick comedy when he sticks that yeah. bottle in his mouth and it's just erupting like a fucking <laughs> volcano. Yeah. I don't know how he does that. It must be real. He's blowing water. outwards as well. He's, it's, it's really, really well yeah. done. Because <laughs> it must be real sparkling water. And then, yeah, Gervais is putting his mouth over it. Yeah. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> just want to know what time we finished. Cheers. <coughs> I was unlucky. She answered me and everything, 10 o'clock. She said, you know, are you still sparkling? <laughs> she definitely noticed. But, I mean, I, I've, got my own, I've got my own funny little story about that, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. like, well, it's not that funny, actually. It's pretty dark. But uh, <laughs> like once when my mum was like uh, being hospitalised, mm. um, we had we were on our way there, and she was like really thirsty and like, demanding water, but the only water they had on the ambulance was sparkling. sparkling. Right. So like, she was like, oh, I'm really thirsty. Give me some water now. And then at the end of it, we got it, and she just drank it. It was sparkling. She was spat out. She was like, oh, sparkling. <laughs> I just immediately thought this is. <laughs> Beggars can be choosers. Did, <laughs> did you actually think of this scene at the time? That's my yes. mom. I did. So, so, so in a moment where you, when your mum was being being hospitalised, yeah, even though I was thinking about extras and laughing to myself. <laughs> it's a thing we do though, don't we? Even yeah. in our darkest moment, we laugh. Well, well on, on my deathbed, I'll be thinking about when he's walking through a cemetery voice. during lockdown. Yeah. When yeah. James is in a bus driving past him. No, yeah, yeah. But then. <laughs> like, who was he? Tell me why. Who was he? That he was laughing while he was swimming. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, yeah. each stroke, yeah, like, actually laughing up. when his head came up. Stroke. Stroke. Yeah. Stroke. <laughs> it's all your finger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, stroke. Nip <laughs> <laughs> that in the bud. So, you know, people say Darren's a bad agent, but he's got Andy this meeting with McKellen. Yes, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, in agent terms, he's a bloody good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's a barometer yeah. of eight, a big... Yeah, they kind of brush over that, don't they? Because yeah. as soon as, in, in the scene before, sorry, I know we're, done, we're moving on, but in the scene before, when it's just, it's what it's one of those classic bits of Jamey's Merchant in Extra, it's kind of like, just like, we'll spend the first five seconds doing a bit of exposition, no jokes, yeah. and then move on. And at the beginning of the scene, uh, yeah, Darren just comes up to Andy and tells him he's got him a meeting with... Ian um, McKellen. Ian McKellen, yeah. And before, like, obviously, the, the, the consequence, like, you know, the, uh, the the consequences of that would be, like, oh, he's a good agent, and he's going to have to give him a compliment or say, like, why haven't you been doing that for the rest of my career? But they kind of, like, don't have that. As soon as he's told him the information, but, they move on with the jokes, and Steve comes into the scene or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of, that's really good agenting by Darren, and we've never, some, uh, the likes of we've never seen before. So, yeah, why hasn't he done that before? Yeah, well, yeah, he's talking to, his, to be fair, it's by pure luck, so, you know, he's talking to one of his contacts, well, which was bad. <laughs> but he's only, just asked, yeah. he's only just asked for the play as well, right? He's in the, this meeting, the meeting before, he's the right age, plays the thing, I want the play, I'm yeah. going to send you an email, Barry, so you remember that as well, yeah? <laughs> but that email has, uh, you know, come to fruition, because now Barry's helped. Yeah. Can get it for himself, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, Andy goes in and uh, sits down at the table with Surian. No titles in the workplace. Yeah. And uh, Ian McKellen just slips into this amazing little yeah, monologue. We've got one of the greatest bits of acting I've ever seen. Like, this little monologue he does is yeah. like literally just pure bottled like perfection. I think it's yeah. so good. Like his little inflections, mm -hmm. uh, the way he uses his voice, just like ah, oh, it's just honestly, it's it's what it's one of the yeah best kind of like. 
acted scenes like, I think I've ever seen, generally. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's the way he just launches into it. It's just all normal, and then suddenly he's just delivering, you know, as if he's on the stage. How do I act so well? What I do is I pretend to be the person I'm portraying in the film or play. Yeah. You're confused. No, it's perfectly simple. A case in point, Lord of the Rings. Peter Jackson comes from New Zealand and says to me, Sir Ian, I want you to be Gandalf the wizard. And I say to him, you are aware that I am not really a wizard. And he said, yes, I am aware of that. What I want you to do is to use your acting skills to portray the wizard for the duration of the film. So I said, okay. And then I said to myself, hmm. How would I do that? And this is what I did. I imagined what it would be like to be a wizard, and then I pretended and acted in that way on the day. Yeah. And how did I know what to say? The words were written down for me in a script. How did I know where to stand? People told me. If we were to draw a graph of my process, of my method, something like this. Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, action. Wizard, you shall not pass! Cut! Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. And it's the difference between, like, when you see, like, when people are like, oh, you can't, you know, acting is objective, you can't really judge acting. It's like, no, 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 no. You, you take someone, like Ian McKellen, in that scene and compare it to whatever Orlando Bloom was doing, you know? Mm. It's like, it's literally, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, it's on a, on a completely another stratosphere. And I think it's, yeah, it's that kind of, it's that theatre-trained, like, mm. professionally-trained thing that he, where he's just able to just make it seem so natural, and, yeah, he's able to just kind of use his voice and just little just little things he does with his hands, and, like, at the end, when he wipes away the tear. Like, That's I, right, yeah. I bet that wasn't scripted. They, they wouldn't have said in the end, at the end, they wouldn't have said in, in the scene, like, in the, in the script, oh, and at the end, he's so moved, he kind of wipes away a tear. I bet that was all McKellen. Mm. And, and, and you can see, so, sorry, but when you... When you in the bloopers or the outtakes or whatever, when he gets out of the tissue and blows his nose, that's not like in the script. That you can take because it kind of like shocks your face and he starts laughing. Yeah, yeah. That's obviously um, that's obviously just McKellen thinking like, yeah, I want to, this is kind of what I want to do. This is kind of it. It feels right to get out my my tissue and blow my nose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? No, it was, um, I always got a bit confused with that scene because I couldn't work out whether he wipes away a tear or whether you think he's wiping away a tear, but then he just blows his nose and you realise he's... <laughs> no, no, because he blows his nose, he wipes his nose earlier and then at the end he kind of like, he kind of takes off his glasses and just kind of wipes his nose, yeah, because he's moved himself so much yeah. with his, like, treatise on acting, great his, acting. Yeah, he's moved himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing about it is it's, it's ludicrous, right? The, this whole monologue is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but the irony is it's actually a metaphor for what Andy should really consider when he's doing yeah, this role yeah, later, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. if Andy didn't just nod along thinking he was superior to everybody in the room for once, yeah. and then really, really listened to this and took this to heart, because, uh, you know, Andy may be as far away from a gay man as uh, McKellen is from a wizard, really. But ultimately, <laughs> if he was to just take that and, and 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 act like that for the duration of the play, he would be fine. And yeah. none of this would have happened. But this is what I think, every time I watch it, I think, like, obviously the joke is that it's kind of, it's this kind of pompous, ridiculous, like, you know, a monologue about how oh how hard it is to act. You know, like um, let let me tell you about acting, dear boy. And he kind of just yeah, basically yeah. says, you pick up a script, you read the line, you stand where someone tells you, and you pretend to be. Someone. But there were no scripts you know, on the yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, but 
also it's kind of a and as we see from Andy later like it's all it's also a kind of I probably I'm sure Gervais Merchant didn't mean it like this but I see it as a kind of like it is a knock against people that say but oh you know what do actors do really like it you know it's just, it's just getting out there pretending it's not a real job but it's like no it's hard not everyone can do this and Andy finds it out later but he can't I mean? do it yeah. yeah even just acting as the, as the wizard for the duration of the film or play isn't an easy thing to do and you know and having no scripts on the night certainly isn't an easy thing but to the do. arrogance no, of Millman he just thinks that, that he, he knows better than McKellen yeah. right, straight off the bat and that he can do it all he's got to do is read it that's yeah. fine I'll learn the words and I'll read them done yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, you know. and then and he goes back and has a go at Dan and it's like I'm sorry if you're so angry <laughs> about, if, you, if you're so uncomfortable about being playing a gay person don't do it well this is it the reason, he, the reason he finds the reason he's <laughs> yeah. so upset is because he introduces him to Fran. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that's a funny bit about all, all, all the names. So let me introduce you to the team. There's Fran, who's your lover, yeah. made by <laughs> Leslie. Leslie, this is Andy. Good to meet you. You're Fran. Fran's a man. Yes, yes. can be, because Fran Healy out of Travis. And uh, our clever little writer, <laughs> Charlie. Who's a woman? <laughs> Andy? Yep. But can I get you something? Some water? Yep. Cup yep. of tea? Tea. George, uh, will you get Andy a cup of tea? Uh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> George, of course. To be fair, Charlie's quite often a female's name, like, you know, Charlie Dimmock from Gardener's World. <laughs> <laughs> but George, that's reaching a bit. No, George. Georgina, yeah. Yeah, George is... Uh, you get him. I think of him as George. You can still find him. Yeah, yeah. Fran Healy, Travis. Fran Healy, Travis, yeah. That's the one, but, you know, up for a Fran. So, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, 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 like, so, 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 you think it would have been more comfortable if it had been Fran Healy from Travis. Yeah. You think it would have been more tight. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I wonder, before we move on from this scene, like, it does... It is kind of surprising that we were saying earlier about how when one Darren pitches this interview to... Andy, he says, like, I've got you a meeting with McKellen, like, to talk about the new play. Yes. And then as soon as he walks in, McKellen's like, the part's yours, basically. Like, will you be in this play with us? So it kind of is a bit surprising that he is able to kind of walk into it so easily. Well, there's a few, there's a few leaps of faith in this episode, yeah. I've found, in terms of... Well, more so, more so than other episodes of Extras, even though this is one of my favourites in terms of how funny it is, there's a few kind of moments of, of, of kind of suspension of disbelief, yeah. just, just sort of like plot holes and general stuff that doesn't quite add up and wouldn't really happen. I think series two of Extras does start to move away further and further from the sort of like realism of The Office and then the sort mm. of semi-realism of series one of Extras. By series two, they they do allow themselves to just go all out and just do things just because they're funny. Yeah, it's just like, I this, mean, is, in, in it's a sitcom, this is the situation I mean, we need them to get into. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And what is Ian McKellen's monologue? Again, what has that really got to do with the episode apart from the fact that it's just really funny? And yeah, it's yeah, introduced yeah. it as a bizarre version. Well, no, that's, some, that's, no, that's literally the moral of the It comes episode. back to haunt him. I would say that that's literally the whole it. point of the episode is that monologue in a way because that is him guiding Andy and then Andy foolishly yeah, casting his guy's advice away. A stretch. He's literally teaching him. How, yeah. He's literally teaching him how to act. And it is ridiculous because he would never give that speech. Do you really like, not think that's important? That, no, that, that's I think it might be a little bit. I mean, I see. I think if it was really deliberate and and Gervais and Merchant had genuinely thought of it that way, then they would have had Andy hit more of the beats of like everything McKellen tried to warn him of. 
he kind of didn't do during the play. He does. Like he, what? So I can't remember it word for word, but but he he hits his marks. He knows the lines. Exactly. He is not really John. He doesn't. That's exactly. You are not really John. Is yeah. It's okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And he sits there going in the play. Yeah. Right. So he says, you know, you are not really John. This is illusion. Do you see? This is an illusion. He's he's he's. You are not really John. And you know, he's, he's fundamentally saying to him, "You're not gay, but we need you to pretend to be." Yeah, yeah. That's it, and that's and, and he's just trying. And it's almost he's not being explicit about saying, "Don't fuck this up by being homophobic." Yeah. But in so many words, he kind of is. It might be a stretch, but I no, don't no, know. no. I, actually, when you put it like that, actually, you, you brought me over to your argument. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's the whole "you are not really John" thing. It's yeah. Like, just listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you, you are not the parts you play are not you. Yeah. yeah. Whether yeah, it's yeah. Ray Stokes. Whether it's when Peter John Jackson McGay. spoke to me, yeah. Peter Jackson said to me, "You are aware I'm not really a gay wizard." Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's all there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe. And he's not. Yeah, and and then Andy's not. But so the main thing is not that he's teaching him how to act. It's more just like get out of your head. Don't yes. kind of like stop. Kind of worry. It's almost stop worrying about what everyone's thinking about you. Exactly. When you're when you're when you're privileged enough to be an actor, you know, when you're on the stage, when you're in front of the camera, stop worrying about what everyone thinks of you, and stop stop caring about you know what everyone's bringing to mm -hmm. you. Just kind of like. Be the part for that for that moment for the duration of the film or play. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, As far as I'm concerned, now he's got two choices at this point. He either accepts that, goes along with it, and takes the part, or if he's uncomfortable with it, he just says no. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't take either of them because he's a prick. I'm sorry. He doesn't yeah. take either because he's, he's, he's always. It's a recurring theme in extras that he's there's this split between how he wants to be and he wants to be all credible and he wants to do all that kind of stuff but then there's always this some sort of antagonistic character in the mm. background who's there to kind of to kind of um, to point out how uh, fickle he is mm, and yeah. uh, Steve Sherwood is that in this episode as soon as yeah. Steve Sherwood turns up at the play the look of shock in his face he's like oh god what are those guys doing <laughs> yeah. you know, it's yeah. almost the same kind of um, dilemma he had when he did the first series of When the Whistle Blows exactly. right? when, when he said look you can either go for it, both both feet, and really go for it, or you can just drop out. And he didn't drop out. He waited to the last minute to drop out. Yeah. And then, obviously, Ian Morris put him in his place. Kind of the same thing here, really, yeah. except there's no well, one to put him in his place. It's exactly. So he's on the night now, but he's he's committed fully to the play. He's got people there coming to watch it, yet he still tries to half commit mm. to... Uh, oh, this is a load of shit. I'm only doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. To, to, to save face with the lads, you know. And then you can tell during Act One where he's kind of, his just heart isn't in it. He's already, like, like I said, this is kind just of. A bit, yeah. This is. The, this is the, no, but even before he's like, even before he's like, you know, all that, you know, near of a knee kind of thing. Like, he's just kind of like. he's in, And I can't tell when. I mean, you. Basically, he's in, he seems embarrassed to be there yeah. straight away. And I can't tell. You know, when, when, um, when they're talking about. There's a bit where. The other guy, the other actor, is talking about. Oh, do you remember the first time we came here? Yeah. With Paul. Yeah. And he says it really Paul. quick. John and I, Paul. I don't know whether it's and yeah, and Andy says the name really quick. No, like, I always thought that was a deliberate thing that he says it almost like Brent. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Paul, yeah, yeah. Whether yeah, whether he's trying to rush past the uh, the name of this kind of gay guy that they've both been having an affair with, or whether it's and, that also, was the direction. Also, from he says something about. Um, he said, oh, why are you afraid of the sea? And I was like, he goes, I'm not afraid of the sea. It like, sounds almost a bit pissed off. Well, this is the thing, yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard to... And this ha always happens when it's... Um when they do plays or films within plays or films. Yeah, yeah. But it's hard to tell whether that's supposed to be Andy Millman acting badly and being too kind of like mm. self-conscious or whether... He's just a bad actor. That's, or whether that's how it's supposed to be in the play and McKellen's happy with that 
acting. No, I think I think it's it's Andy. It's, it's supposed Andy to be. It's supposed to be Andy embarrassed. It's yeah, supposed to yeah, be Andy yeah. like because he's being like, "Why are you afraid of the sea?" He's like, "I'm not afraid." But even of in sea. rehearsals, yeah. like, there's, a, there's a montage of rehearsals, right? And he just doesn't look that into it there. Right? No, he's yeah, like, yeah. he's like, he rubs his hand across his face, and he's like, "I think we might be prepared for the fact that he's just a shit actor." Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing. He wants. He wants to. He might be all right if he got kind of like cool guy roles, you know. Even though he wouldn't be mm. certainly wouldn't be like appropriate for them. But yeah, if he's getting anything that's challenging, yeah, think, yeah but all that he thinks might be slightly embarrassing for his for his public persona, he doesn't want to do it. As yeah. if as if being a playing a gay person in a play is more embarrassing for his public persona than playing fucking Ray Stone. It's terrible every isn't it? week because yeah. he completely <laughs> forgets why he's doing it as well. Yeah. Like remember, you wanted a play, right? And you wanted a respectful play, and you yeah. wanted to be like considered respected and all this. You've got to play with Ian McKellen here. You've got the lead role. And you can't even go for it. Do you know and what I mean? And even Darren, like name drops, Philadelphia, Brokeback Mountain. You know, do you know this what I mean? This is an excellent scene, right? Yeah. Andy storms He's trying into, to help him out. He storms into Darren's office, moron, and just yeah. launches the script at <laughs> him. Darren's like, what? I've been a, to be fair, excellent, excellent agent here. Yeah. If I was Darren, I'd tell him to sort off at this point. Yeah. Because he can get stuffed. But and even him in this scene, sorry, but he's being a good agent. He's yeah, saying, yeah. like, listen, he's trying to talk him down off the ledge he's saying like listen oh, and he and he seems to know enough about you know films and yeah. TV to know Philadelphia yeah. Broadband Mountain you know all, all the examples <laughs> of, of times when people have played gays to critical acclaim and Oscars and, stuff. and he was right you know 2006 gay is all the rage yeah. <laughs> yeah. it will show you are sensitive it will show that you are versatile alright case in point Mr Thomas Hanks okay now people weren't interested in Tom Hanks suddenly he does that film Philadelphia yeah remember in that film he played a skinny little bent fella remember yeah. right after that everyone loved him do you know what I mean? Or those two guys from Brokeback Mountain. Now they're not even gay, and I was watching that, right? And they were getting off with each other. Oh, I was sick to the stomach. I was, they were so convincing that even though I was going, they're not really queer, they're not really queer, I was still repulsed. Nowadays it wouldn't be allowed, would it? Because they're saying that only gay people should play gay roles now. Is that, is that true? Is that That's happening now? That's a thing now, yeah. Russell T. Davis well, came out and said that, even though Queer as Folk was full of... Um, well, I guess is that gonna, I don't think that's going to no, stick. That's not, I don't think it's sustainable, yeah, well, surely. There's, no, not enough, there's, enough. there's not enough gay there's people and gay roles, are there? No, apparently, apparently that and is the thing not... now. They're saying that to be authentic... Yeah, but who's when you watch this episode, you think, yeah, maybe he's got. Yeah, a but point. you're doing that nebulous. <laughs> you're, doing, you're, you're doing that nebulous cryptic. They are saying that. Do you know what I mean? There might be kind yeah, of. Who are they? Might be, yeah. There might be think pieces oh, of Sam Smith and. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and Russell T Davies. Don't forecast that. <laughs> but next time, next time they make a big Hollywood film where where the main character is you know someone playing like a, a gay person in a biopic, they're going to have to get a famous actor, and there's no famous gay actors that would be able to. You know, unfortunately, you know, wow. there should be. But there's loads of famous characters, isn't there? Go on, yeah, Neil, like... ba- above Neil Patrick Harris. Cumberbatch. No, no, he's not gay. No, no, he's, he's not. Isn't he? Bleep, bleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will come up. Cumberbatch isn't gay, he's got a wife and children. What about Sarah McKellen? Well, who's he going to play? Like, he's not going to be able to play some like twenty-year-old gay guy. Wizard. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Gandalf the gay. <laughs> no, but Wait, the fact not... is, Gandalf the gay. <laughs> no, because I don't know if you guys ever watched that Netflix musical, The Prom, uh, last year. But there was a big, uh, you know, scandal about how there's a gay character in it. Uh, and James Corden played him, oh. and everyone was like, "Oh, why did they get James Corden? Good why question. Did, why did they get? Why did they get? Yeah, one of the things is why didn't they get an actual gay person? And I was like, "Well, if you need someone on that level, the only proper person is like Neil Patrick Harris. If you want an actual gay person, he's got it sewn up, hasn't he? But the industry hasn't built up enough gay, famous gay actors. But like, if you want, if you needed a gay action hero, who are you going to get? You'd have to get a complete unknown. I don't think you need any. to be uh, a gay in order to play a gay on the telly. I think that's going to fizzle out. I don't think no, this is a proper thing anyway. Yeah, no, I don't think it is. And I think that 
it's, yeah, a, it's, it's a very 2021 thing. Yeah, you want to give gay actors more. Now. It's one of those things yeah, where you see like a Twitter, article, yeah, yeah. a Twitter article that says they are saying that this is the new rule so that you get one person writing a Twitter call and yeah. about 20,000 people outraged about it, which <laughs> yeah. becomes the story in its own right. Yeah. It's all bullshit. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. But I think we can all agree that Andy was completely wrong for this guy. He looks ridiculous on yeah. stage. I mean, I, I, and I think Ian McKellen, like, he must have known in the rehearsals and everything, he must have known from looking at his face that he wasn't into it and he just thought, you know what I mean? This is a shit play. I just want someone famous so I can sell some tickets. I'm sure that must be in the universe of the show what he's thinking because it's so obvious that Andy's not into it, even in the rehearsals. And it is an awful play, isn't it, to be fair? <laughs> really, really bad. Charlie Haywood is not a clever little writer. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think that's where that's the whole suspension of disbelief thing that you get in a couple of these episodes is that. It doesn't really have to tie up. It's all, it's like it could be a deluded version of Ian McKellen where yeah, he thinks yeah. it's all great and he thinks, yeah. you know, how do I act? So he's clearly not playing himself as he is. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's supposed to be a less self-aware yeah. self version who thinks it's all great, you know. Yeah. Although I'm sure I've seen, I've seen a clip of him in his, like, maybe 30s and he's doing his monologues very similar to like this. a very serious have like, you seen face. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he's talking about the virtues of how you act and, and, and how you do it differently in different situations I mean and it's it not quite as simple as it's not stand where the director tells you no but it's not <laughs> it's not a million miles away from this we'll try and find a clip of it yeah it's, yeah I'll put it in because yeah I know yes. what you mean it's yeah, talking yeah. about the difference between television acting and theatre acting right because you yeah. can use your whole body versus just the top half and stuff an actor has to somehow it's the great word all actors use relax uh, and that relaxation is a technical um, achievement which is to do with relating, having control over every part of their body, their minds, so that it doesn't wander, their imaginations, their face, the tone of their voice, so that all those attributes can express the character that he is portraying and the intention that that character has in speaking or mm -hmm. in being or listening or sitting still. I wondered actually when I watched this whether this was actually a reference to that. Possibly, yeah. I doubt I think it. I, did, think. I think it did both jobs. I think he's setting himself up and at the same time he's sending a message that Andy doesn't hear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, completely unintentionally because at this point he's got no idea that Andy's going to be such a disaster, does he? But yeah, that's yeah. how it ends up. I mean, he should have. No, no. <laughs> if, in, if in any real situation he suddenly put his head back in the script and was flicking through, going, yeah, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the gay bits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That would have been a red flag. Also, who turns up at a meeting to be in a play with no knowledge of what the play is? <laughs> Well, he thought it was just supposed to be a discussion. I mean, at some point, you've got to find out for the first time. He, did, he didn't know that McKellen was going to offer him the part right there and say, let's get it on his feet. He should have phoned ahead. <laughs> I'm not going to call ahead. And, and there's, there's that moment as well, after he's had the rant at the agent, and he, you can tend to tell he's mulling over not doing it, but then the next scene is, yeah, it just jumps to him doing yeah. the uh, rehearsal. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. reminded me of the rehearsals for the genie, right? When, uh, for Aladdin, <laughs> yeah. when yeah. he's being carted around by yeah, yeah. Bunny, and he's really like, oh. Again, he's looking really unenthusiastic. Yeah. But it's that same thing of, like, he gets everything he wants, but because it doesn't quite look how he wants it to. Yeah. He just is a stroppy teenager the whole yeah. time. I mean, yeah. this is the perfect example. This is the ultimate example of that. You can see how the other times when he gets what he wants, in inverted quotes, you can see how he would think, like, this is a double-edged sword. This yeah. is, you know, kind of, this literally is what I want. I've got a sitcom, but it's a shit sitcom, blah, blah, blah. I can see the mm. shit. Getting to be in a... A legitimate play directed by Ian McKellen is literally what else could he want at that point? It's what he asked it's for. Exactly, literally, it's what he asked for. It couldn't be more credible. What, what did he want to do? Play Hamlet? It was never, yeah. That was never going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. He um, got exactly what I, he asked he for. He preferred to, in a way, without the gay thing, preferred to do an Ian McKellen directed play than to be on a BBC adaption of Hamlet. You know yeah. what I mean? This is like the boards that he's, he's going back to. This yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. He had, if he had done this properly and really 
jumped in and gone for it with both feet. This would have been the thing that set his career yeah. off. He would have been back to normal, you know, he could have completely turned it around. But, but yeah. again, his insecurity but, is so great, and the Steve Sherwood character is a great uh, prod of his insecurity. He is excellent. I, I, I think, yeah, of all the things Andy Milman does, like even compared to special, this has got to be the worst thing he ever does. This performance <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that is his pinnacle Absolutely. of disaster. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't help that on the, on the opening night, he not only does Steve Sherwood turn up, but he's, yeah, well, he's that's the kind of skinhead national of, front mates kind of. It's posse of pure, yeah, yeah, yeah. just like the, the most laddish kind of guys, blokeish, straight from the pub next door. Yeah. And, and that's the next scene, right? It's the ticket office. They were in there, and, and uh, these these four lads, three lads, and Steve Sherwood turn up. <laughs> and like you said, they're all balling with bloody like sheepskin coats or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and they all know him from school, don't yeah. they? Because they say, "Do you remember this?" Lot oh yes, Nobby Boss Ogden Gat Rock. But I will say that. They don't look like they're there to take the piss, right? They might take the piss, you know, as banter with a bunch of lads because people like that do, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, we bought tickets. You know, we're looking forward to it. What's yeah, it about? I bet you know, if he'd just done he, a good performance, they look embarrassed for him. When this he is the thing. If he if he was to say, "Look, guys, I'm an actor. This is what I do." I, you know, you should see some of the blokes I've kissed. This is just the way it works with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm a professional, and they would have respected him. And professionalism Maybe, is Maybe, definitely. Well. No, but he just, you've got to have the and self-awareness and self-confidence to do that, which yeah, no. he literally he didn't have. But if he had had that, I think it would have gone a different way, and they still, they would have yeah. been fine. I don't think they yeah. would have been... There would have been a bit of, like, taking the piss out of yeah, him, but at the end, if they would have gone, well, he's still a fucking actor. He's yeah. Yeah. fair play to him, yeah. what he's saying is, you know, yeah. And he couldn't even address the elephant in the room. He couldn't, he could have literally just said to them, look, it's a gay play. That's, that's the only that's the only that's the only parallel I can see like I said earlier to the to the scene of the uh, what's your name that he just strings it out for ages yeah, and ages yeah. when he could just say look I'm really sorry yeah, I, know that's she, true. I know she didn't know your name either but yeah. I just I don't know it yeah, he could yeah. have just come clean but he just can't quite do it. He has to maintain this double thing where he, <laughs> yeah. he wants to be everything to everyone. He wants to be credible when he's with them. He wants yeah. to be a lad when he's with them and definitely not gay. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, he wants to be everyone. He can't, and he's never himself. He's yeah. insecure. And he's it, an insult. It, yeah. And he's obviously planning. <laughs> he's an insult. Insert. Insecure. Yeah, yeah. And at some point, to that, I'm sorry. I'm and at some point, insecure is he? So yeah. if, if insult just means insecure, I'm all for it. It doesn't, <laughs> mean, it doesn't mean like what. It doesn't mean what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, so clearly, because I don't know what it means anymore. But yeah, it doesn't mean, yeah. So he's trying to cling on to this anyway, double life, yeah. right? But it doesn't make it very easy for him, right? Because <laughs> thanks for tickets, love, you know, pops up behind but him. But this is what I was going to say. At some point, he was obviously planning to go out there and do a good performance. Obviously, he wouldn't invite Ian and Damon along. Exactly. You know what I mean? like, yeah. He had his bosses from the BBC probably thinking, if I can get them on. Like, Tickets so they can see me. Maybe they'll think of me different. Maybe after when the whistle blows is gone, yeah, they'll yeah. think of me for other for, for, yeah. for other projects. Good point. Yeah. Good so point. he's obviously not planning on getting it and fucking up the play. He thinks right. I'm going to put on a good performance here, no matter whether I wanted to play a gay or not. It's only because Steve Sherwood and his mates turn up. Yeah, yeah. So it's only because of that that he has to reserve, revert to his his schoolyard type again. And th- th- yeah. that does happen in life, right? I don't know if you've you ever had any experiences where. Yeah. You've, where you've met up with someone you knew from school or something, and suddenly all these old roles come back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember, yeah, a, guy, yeah, I remember a guy I, I did some when I was when I was studying. This guy told me that he was he was in his fifties. This guy, and he said he went to like a school reunion. Yeah, and there was people he hadn't seen for. 35 years maybe yeah. and he said it was really bizarre how everyone went back into their old persona yeah 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 like that guy's a shy guy that guy's taking the piss yeah. that guy's it just happens and, and it's like you turn back the clock yeah. Yeah. someone just walk over and say you little fat puffer <laughs> 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 but, but the, he's awful, 
it's a dreadful homophobe, Steve Sherwood. I'm sorry, you guys give him an easy time. He's awful. Oh, no, Puff, Puff does at 12 o'clock. I don't yeah, give him an easy time. I think he's deplorable. He's basically his slightly more suave version of Finchie. Yeah. But you, you've just said, right, people revert back to type when they're with their school friends. Yeah, that's He might not point. be like this all the time. He, he might, might just be do, like that he day might just, today. Oh, no, look at their faces of absolute revolt. He wasn't with Boss Hogan Gutrot when he went, Andy, you big fat poop dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he was with Andy, who he didn't know anything. He, he, you know, he hadn't seen him for 20 years or whatever. <laughs> but but uh, it's yeah. unfortunate for Andy that like, these guys turn up and kind of want to see him at work. And his work is kind of just, I mean, the cliche is true. But kind of like the performing arts, theatre, television, it's kind of populated by, there's a, there's a high percentage of kind of, of, of gay people in those, in, in the creative arts. I, I like, think red boys go, yeah. In creative professions. <laughs> Seems so, to know a lot about red boys. <laughs> 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 so it's not a surprise that you know he'd be surrounded in his kind of like creative, like his professional endeavours. Yeah, by of course. Jamie, especially the BBC and, and Ian and Bunny. Pops and quiz, isn't it? All right. And if you try and not to look gay, who's the worst person to tap on your shoulder? Guess who? Bunny Christ. <laughs> this is a, probably about what 15, 20 seconds of Bunny, but you get like right, such a the great whole return. Bunny package in it, doesn't it? It's I mean, condensed Bunny, and I can't remember. If, I, if when I was first watching it, because obviously he hasn't been in it since series no, one, exactly. he thought he was a one episode character. I can't remember if I was like, oh my god, Bunny's back, but now I'm always like happy. So as soon as you hear it, it's like, oh yes, Bunny's back. And okay. you know, you've got to give a hats off to Gerard Kelly to just to squeeze every ounce of Bunny out in, like, yeah. in like that <laughs> amount of time. And I'd say this, sorry, but I'd say that this is his more iconic bit. Yeah. Everyone remembers Yumma Yumma Yumma. Everybody goes, uh, you know, I got to enjoy some cock kills free. Everything he does, this 15 second bit is more like memorable and iconic than his whole episode. Yeah. The way that like Nobby and Gut Rot and all look at him, yeah. like, yeah. They, they forget about being homophobic, they're fucking literally homophobic, they're terrified of him. He's just there, yeah, he's he's mouth, out with all the bunch boys. Is wide open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, but Bunny, Bunny in that scene is, is um, it, it couldn't be a better reveal. It's almost like a reveal. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, Neil and Damon were there, but they were in the distance, kind of going in, and then and we know Ian, we know Ian can can mask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then, but then Bunny is just, you know, and not just Bunny. But out and proud bunny. And, yeah. and even Andy tries to claw, claw it a bit back by saying, how's the wife? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's straight. That makes it ten times worse. Yeah. I was living a lie and she knew it, but now I'm able to go out and enjoy some serious cock guilt-free. Yumma, 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 yumma. Yeah. And then, of course, he hits Pete Brent with the whole go up some beers, but don't stick around for this shit. Yeah, yeah I've written that down. Yeah, that, that is literally... Uh, I always think Brent, Brent it is. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of Momentarily, he became David Brent for that. Just the little kind of puffs out his chest. He literally does the thing that he does after the speech. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. shoot off for a club till this place yeah, blows yeah, up. Yeah, puffs out his chest, swings his arms, yeah. yeah he, does, <laughs> he does the thing like, after the motivation, like... Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Pizza Express, beer For a moment, he reverts to Brent. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But it's reverting to Brent, not as Brent really is, but Brent, when he's also trying to be a puffed up album. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, after the motivational speech, when the woman walks in and he puffs out his chest. (laughs) (laughs) So, off the uh, ticket office, Andy's in his dressing room, just getting ready, just takes his trousers off just in time for a little knock at the door for him. Ian McKellen. Yeah, (laughs) just contrived to be hilarious. So, he he comes in to ask Andy if he's going to be comfortable doing a kiss after act two is that I mean is that 
unlikely that he would just ask like five minutes before going I think on. So maybe, like, I guess it depends. Surely that would be in the script, right? It's quite a significant thing. In for a penny, in for a pound. He's agreed to be in a gay play, playing a gay. I mean, I'm kind of with you, yes. Yeah, or gay, yeah. Yeah, if he's not comfortable yeah. kissing a gay man in 2006 in a gay play, then you shouldn't be in a gay play. If he's signed yeah. up for it already and he knows the two characters are literally in a sexual relationship together, mm-hmm. then yeah, surely yeah, a yeah. kiss would not be. Yeah, particularly, but but the but the, the the shock from Andy is that he's got to do it in front of Steve Sherwood and his yeah. mates. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so he tries to get out of it by saying he's got a, a, a console. console. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't worry about that, dear. George, can you get us some Vaseline? There in his pants with Ian McKellen. I mean, it's and literally at the door. Yeah, it's literally a perfect sitcom setup, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. And, and Ian McKellen's excellent in that in that bit. I really, yeah, one of the best bits. And it's funny, yeah, because if you watch the, uh, the special features on the DVD, they've got like mm. a little bit about each episode. And when they're talking about this episode, Merchant and Gervais say about how they kind of just wanted to get in some kind of like like comedy business into the episode, just yeah. like just funny bits. Yeah. And this is an example of that. And there's another bit where the agent kind of knocks his knee on the on the little chair yes, when he's yeah. talking to Andy. And I guess. Another example would be the, the makeup bit, yeah, with the yeah, pen and stuff. Yeah, it's just like they just wanted to just get in funny bits. I think they no clearly had a few, a few like, scenarios. Yeah, and, you know that Darren Lamb and, and Maggie like that's such a tiny subplot. The, yeah. the whole that whole thing. Mm. But it oh, yeah, which we haven't even mentioned. We yet. haven't yeah. even got to that. Yeah, which we, we yeah. missed it actually. No, no, no which is kind of strange. Well, if we're going to get straight onto that, no, 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 yeah. that's this point. Because right at the end, though. This is the point where the plot splits now. Because until yeah. now, they've all been in the same plot stream, right? But now we've, it breaks up. So we've got the date happening at the well, same yeah. time as Month of Summers. Because Andy, because Darren and Maggie don't come to Month of Summers. Right? Well, this is what I was going to say. Does, talk... It does break off literally. But Danny, talking about things being a bit kind of just like handy for the sake of the plot. The fact that his agent and his best mate wouldn't come to the opening night of his of his first big play just because they've got a date, movie date to the next night. Do you know what I mean? They both they should both be there. So it is kind of just a bit kind of handy for the sake of the plot. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. Think. No, I haven't really thought about it, so I just mentioned it. But yeah, you're right. They, they, you would think they would be there. You imagine they got tickets for the second night, which never happens. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> the end of the yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Oh, but that date is is just splendid, and it made all the more special for me after having spoken to Steve and explaining where that uh, joke came from. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. oh yeah. When they were just talking yeah. about yeah, one well, we can put Pretty Steve much it to come from to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, but again, it's, doing it, a big it, poo. Yeah, but it's what we talk about. How they're <laughs> yeah. just saying like, what would be a funny scenario? Okay, so that is okay. Let's expand on that. Now, what episode could it go in? Oh, let's shove it into that episode. Do you know what I mean? But also, I've, I feel. Like it was quite a nice little moment for a moment. You think, oh, is uh, Maggie and Darren actually going to kind of? Mm. They could actually be quite good for each other. There, yeah. you know, the, the, he's Darren's putting on a, a fairly good show. Yeah, well, that Barry and Andy there, he's just kind of being able to be himself. He's yeah. looking like he could actually be quite charming. He, yeah, he's yeah. looking quite funny and then sort he's of making uh, Maggie laugh. Maggie looks quite comfortable, and you often see that. There's a few scenes where Maggie goes on a date, and it's like it goes well. You haven't seen it since series one, really. Mm. Yeah, it kind of goes well, mm. and then it's a disaster at the end. Like, like you're like a dead horse. Yeah. <laughs> All of that, or the, or, the, or where she, where she, well, the golly toy, you know. <laughs> but you see her kind of getting romanced and she's enjoying it, and then it falls apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah but right. then that happens with Darren Lamb. I've always wondered though, there was a really funny joke in that scene that they left out when you see it on the in the outtakes, where um, Maggie says something like, "You can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family." This is true, unless you adopt. <laughs> oh, careful. <laughs> Yeah, because she burst out laughing in real life. Yeah, didn't yeah, she? yeah, she actually laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny, but they did. They but didn't I always thought that was probably just a little scene filmed for like a montage. But when seeing that in the outtakes, it seems like that yeah, would have yeah. been a little bit where they weren't mm. actually ever really going to keep that dialogue. That yeah, might have been part not, of yeah. the montage with the with no voice with the, just music. Yeah, yeah, because they did, yeah, they have the montages in it, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah. 
but then it builds up to one of kind of the, 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 just the pure funniest scenes in extra. <laughs> and he doesn't even say anything really. He just initially just comes out and he's just loitering outside the toilet, right? When he's just just waiting for the system to refill. As, uh, just left a bit of um, didn't, you know, flush away completely. So annoying. Are you going to sit there? No, because it's on my mind. To be honest, so okay. I'd rather you know, right. want to get okay. it sorted. Of course, it always made funnier by Steve being so tall that he yeah. has to lean over so much further to kind of position yeah. himself there. He just looks... Anyone, who, anyone who's tall will attest to, you know, if I see myself in a photo, I sometimes look back and go, oh, I actually look quite awkward. And obviously, yeah. compared to Stephen Merchant, I'm not that tall at well, all. Yeah, yeah. But he's obviously, you know, anything he does, just put, leaning his hand over yeah. like that becomes ten times more. Well, not only is he tall, but he's really lean. Like, is yeah, he, yeah, really skinny as well. Long yeah, as well yeah. Not just as he tall, he's lanky. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Go so, so he flushes yeah. it for the second time. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and, then he's, and he gets a whisk with a little, uh, what's it, uh, like yeah, a plastic bag around him. And of course, you know, if there's one thing you want someone who just cooked for you to do is to show you what they do with their kitchen utensils. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she just hightails it out. But also, I'm kind of, I feel for him because if he hadn't done anything with that and she'd walked into the toilet and seen this floater there, she would have left because of that as well. Like, he, he kind of... Uh, can't do right for doing wrong, Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a plunger. Or just lock the door. Lock a plunger. plunger won't sort out a toilet. Oh, what if she needed to use the toilet? You would have to go, sorry, I've, I've left a fucking log in there. It won't go. You're going to have to wait till you go home. So That's also going to end the date on a bad note. Here's what I would have done. I would have taken the, to the, the bag that you got. <laughs> Lift out the log. Take out the yeah, don't mash it up. Just throw it out, out the window. Do you remember how it goes exactly? No, I don't know. Well, it. there was, she, it, it's it. the same one we're thinking of, but you mean one where she gets stuck in the window between the two flats? Yeah. Yeah, where there's a story about how there's this girl on a date with some, like, on a Tinder date, and she goes to the toilet, does a shit, basically. It won't flush. She has to scoop it out of the toilet and try and throw it out of the window. <laughs> but somehow, she kind of, like, leant too far and kind of fell out the window, but they're flat. The, the flat that she was at was right next door to another flat, so there's like only a really small, like really slim gap between the two she walls. Got stuck between them. So she got stuck between them, so she like fell out the window, but like kind of, I think she kind of fell down, but then yeah. like, so she ended up like between, outside the living room window with a bag of shit in her hand, <laughs> and like presumably like her trousers down as though, and then they had to get them <laughs> sandwiched between the two, like in a fish tank or something, and her date obviously like, saw her fall down. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? And then, is yeah, that, is that just an urban legend? That? Well, there was photographs of it. Yeah, oh, me, it was me, of it. me and Danny saw the same story. Yeah. Wait, let's Google it. So I say this. I'm intrigued. This is why you should always take two modium for all, right. all dates. Are you going to Google that? Yeah, do a shit before. Yeah, yeah. Learn that the hard way. Let's have another go. Mm -hmm. So that that date's not gone well, but no. hopefully Andy's play will go a bit better, right? So we flip back to a well. month of summers and. The opening scene is is Andy coming running on wearing like what just a white shorts and t-shirt matching outfits all the way. Through. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> yeah. of one of those like, Victorian swimming suits. Of, whatever, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he sits down on the stage and uh, with Fran. Yep. Yeah, and it's just one of those very kind of like, uh, I mean, it's basically just Merchant and Gervais having a pop at, I guess, what they would consider kind of like obscure, kind of pretentious, arty theatre, where it's very metaphorical, but I mean, really obvious, symbol, symbolic yeah. metaphors. Well, it's almost, it reminds me of like drama school, like when yeah. you're in kids and, and drama yeah. licenses and stuff. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not exactly hard. Tacky, shitty, sad. Yeah, and it's like the salt water rots your shoes. Are you really talking about the salt yeah. water? <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, all that kind of, yeah, so like really obvious metaphors. Yeah. 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 
critics would pan it, even if his performance was perfect. No, but it's I'm such ge- a bad play. Yeah, but I'm guessing in the, in the universe of extras, this is supposed to be. I bet it was. It's supposed to be a good play. I it's think. supposed to be credible. It's yeah. just that we, as an audience watching a sitcom, are supposed to think, "Oh, this is I completely over my head. This is pretentious shit." But you know I mean? there's also probably a part of it which is that they're sort of saying that there's a bit of Emperor's New Clothes with some of these plays. Yeah, like, yeah, even, yeah, like, yeah, if, yeah. Even if it was that shit, if it was from Ian McKellen, people would love it. Yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I reckon yeah, they're, they're, notes, they're working something out of their system like that. I reckon as yeah, well. Maybe. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, he's it's definitely not supposed to be, like, good as such. <laughs> no, but again, I think in the universe, yeah, it's supposed to be bad. Like, as an audience, yeah. we are supposed to acknowledge that this is shit. Like, Pretentious. In, the, yeah, world, yeah, yeah. in the world of extras, <laughs> it's supposed to be something that's going to get yeah, good reviews. Within the context of that episode, it's supposed to be, like, credible. In this yes, context. Yeah. What in this context? <laughs> and I would say that this is probably the most awkward thing of extras, right? For some reason, even you know, you've got the Bowie bit, you've got the BAFTA bit, but the, the, the bit when Andy breaks character. John, I love you in the play. I know. I'm going to kiss you. No point. Silly. Sometimes I don't know what you're talking about. We do, we agreed. If any nonsense happens, I'm going home. Let's just have a lovely evening and appreciate the stars and the moon. As agreed, okay? So, just run to the next bit. Not gonna happen. Hey, what the f is that? What are you doing? There's like deliverance in here. What are you playing at? It's just, oh, it of all the me. things he's done, it's the most irrecoverable. It's like, yeah. the thing with White Davis, that happened on a set, it was a media storm, it, it would have been forgotten about, it was yeah. an accident. The thing of the BAFTAs? Yeah, the thing of the BAFTAs, again, that's just him being humiliated and having a thing go off. That the, thing was, we're, the thing of his hero, David Bowie? <laughs> yeah, the thing of his hero, again, <laughs> yeah, again, he didn't these, really do anything that <laughs> so massively these, wrong. These yeah, things, yeah. Again, these things happened in, you know, private environments with, you know, just people, BAFTAs quite famous people. Private, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and, and the BAFTAs thing would just be, that's the sort of thing you'd read about them forget. Yeah, it's it, like when the Chumba Wumba guy pulled the wall over John Prescott. Who remembers that? And at every yeah, step, exactly. and at every step of the way, yeah, you, yeah. Most people, normal people don't. <laughs> and at every step of the way, Andy was before that just trying to keep his yeah. head down and just get on with it. Yeah. And Maggie fucked it up, or someone else yeah. fucked it up. But whereas in this instance, yeah, this yeah. is purely him. And also, it's something like as an actor, it's just unforgivable. Yeah. He's literally he's professionally sinned. Yeah. So for me, this is by far the worst thing he ever does. And not only that, he's fucked up for everyone else as well. Yeah. That's the main thing. Yeah, and also, you know, it's a strange, it's a funny parallel. But last time Andy was in a scenario like that with someone breaking character in a play and it being a complete disaster, it was Les Dennis. That's right. And, and he was actually still trying to keep it going. That's so true. He was trying to hold on to the last little Because as we said at the time, the genie's in his wheelhouse. That's yeah, like exactly. exactly what he should be doing. He, should yeah. can't, he shouldn't be playing John. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he should be playing the genie. But then it's funny, on that night, he was happy to indulge a bit of the queer shit, wasn't he? Mm. <laughs> yeah, because he's able to make fun of it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a serious quiz. It was a quiz. It was funny quiz. Yeah, he was almost mocking <laughs> it. Yeah. It's interesting that you're saying that. Because you're right, in all the other times when he's been embarrassed, he was kind of a victim of, of the circumstances, yeah. right? And yeah. it wasn't really. A, he's got no one to blame for this except himself. He's always. He probably blames Steve Sherwood. Andy is always the character where, whether yeah, you exactly. think he's. Whether you like him or not, whether you think he's making the right decisions or not, he's generally the sensible one who is aware of like the um, society's kind of uh, uh, rules kind mm. of thing like the agent can like be socially awkward and make stupid things Maggie can you know fuck things up and not really know kind of like what she's supposed to say and what she isn't but Andy's supposed to be like I know I, you know kind of like how society works yeah. I know I can make jokes about this in private but not in public and I you know keep my head down but yeah in this one he like 
yeah, he's kind of forgotten about all of that just because he doesn't want and I, his yeah. schoolyard you know, bullies to think that he's still gay. Yeah. <laughs> he's literally pathetic in this scene. I've yeah, got no is, sympathy yeah. for him whatsoever. But it's like he knows is why he? he's doing this play. He's not <laughs> he's not doing it because anyone's forced him to. He's doing it to save his career and he still yeah. can't get past it. But now he doesn't it care. blows my mind a little because bit. Because in that Sorry. moment he looks he looks at yeah. Steve Sherwood all he cares about is oh, does Steve Sherwood think I'm cool? Because he's an in... Yeah. But this is the thing. In the a... end, this is what I mean, by this episode is the ultimate example of like... If there's a question of whether or not Andy, you know, deserves to kind of have be a kind of like have what he wants or not, this puts that to bed he because yeah, yeah, because mm. he make he this is where he he makes his decision. He decides whether or not he would rather, you know, have, you know, <laughs> you know be, be critically acclaimed in this play or worry about his his self image. Mm. He hasn't got what it takes to be a good actor because he can't put that aside. Like he worries more about he, he's. He can't put his self awareness and his, his self consciousness away. Really, he can't just yeah. commit to it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Got, he would rather make he would rather make sure everyone knows that he's straight than um, you know do, do a good performance in the play. And, and me personally, I, mean, I never I never thought he was gay until I saw this episode. So it's had the opposite. <laughs> I effect. didn't think he was gay after this episode. You know, yeah, no, but if any, no, but if anything, <laughs> someone the fact that he's so insecure about playing a gay person makes me think. Well, actually, maybe someone Steve said. That this episode is the big I, I always knew you were Brent episode right earlier on. I can't remember yeah. who it was. Someone said that. Yeah. And you're right. It makes me think about it now because the big thing about Brent is how he's not equipped to do the job he does. Yeah. yeah. Right. Ultimately, when it boils down, when the chips are down, he really has to sort of be the responsible manager. Yeah. He can't do it. He just can't do that. The sharp bits. Yeah. And he's the same now. This is the sharp end of it for Andy. This is the real yeah, moment. This is of the truth. real gritty acting. And, and yeah, yeah. This is and, what he wants to do. And when yeah, we spoke yeah. to Ricky, didn't he say to us that the classic comic characters are in a world that unequipped to manage exactly yeah. and that's and that's like in a, in a way this is part of why Andy's such a great character because actually he is flawed in this way yeah. and he's not charming enough to even get through it for the good of his own career yeah and, and, and you know, I'd say really in terms of being an actor he's probably worse than anything Brent's done what he does in this episode yeah I'll yeah. go with that because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what roles does he want okay so he probably wants to play be you know Robert De Niro and Goodfellas. I think he's not going to get that. I know he wants to. He wants. He wants to be Scarface. But as an audience member, he wants to be Steve Sherwood. But there's a lot of payoffs for us as an audience. (laughs) We get this sort of continual payoffs from Andy that you don't really get from Brent because you get constant setup and knockdown. Yeah. You could argue maybe it's a bit formulaic sometimes because it happens on the It's a sitcom, isn't it? It's a broader sitcom. But as you said, it happens for different reasons, which is which is excellent. But. Uh, but yeah, and then at the end, obviously, he kind of like completely breaks. He not, so it starts off like it, it's a bit, it's very, very slightly more subtle. Near, <laughs> like, nearer the knee. Yeah, nearer the knee. Pushes the head down towards the knee, and then he won't. He doesn't want the guy to kiss him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even then, with Ian McKellen's Ian hand. <laughs> and that's the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, and then he completely breaks it, breaks breaks the fourth wall. I said I wouldn't do the kiss. McKellen comes to me five minutes before and drops that bombshell on me. Oh, we'd like you to do the kiss. Not my cup of tea, mate. Do you want to do the end bit without that? Oh, he's got the ump. No understudy, so I'm afraid it's the end of the run. Sorry about that. So Andy looks up and sees Jermaine Greer in the audience of yeah. all people, and it's not going well. No, not really. She's, been just, she's, <laughs> she's doing the classic critic thing of, you know, just writing the notes, not yeah. even paying attention, just writing notes. Yeah. She's, she's, a, she's conveniently a theatre critic that's come along to, you know, <laughs> criticise her favourite actor, and, you know, she, she, it was going to be a bad review from Jermaine Greer, whatever he did. To be fair, so. that is realistic, but if, if Newsnight Review, they had heard slating him in When the Whistle Blues, if they were, blows, if they were going to uh, review... 
a month of summers for the next episode, they might have gone send Jermaine Greer mm. see if she still see, so she can compare it to when the whistle blows and continue to slag him off. Continue to slag him off exactly. Yeah, because yeah. he would be the hot, uh, to- hot hot topic at the time, wouldn't he? If he's just well, been yeah. absolutely destroyed at the Leeds Bafters. Exactly. How, how, yeah. how did Andy think he was going to get away with somehow doing this play with them in the audience? Somehow convincing them that it wasn't a gay it's play, ludicrous, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> but the then somehow time, also convincing the all critics. the critics yeah. that it was a really good gay play. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, isn't it, where he just kind of walks the line as long as he can until the line runs out and yeah. he's just got no option but to no disappoint everybody. To hide, and, he's so, th- and he ends up disappointing everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he, thinks he's being, he still thinks he's being cool, doesn't he? Well, he doesn't in his head, but he acts Well, like he said. had an opportunity to impress the critics there. And who cares what Steve Sherwood thinks? They just go off and... Well, they still think he's a twat. I'm sure they do. Yeah, yeah. They, think, they think he's ten times more of exactly. a twat than if he'd just been gone for it. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. They look embarrassed for him. They're not, yeah. But he's not... They are massive. He's literally so. made the worst decision. Yeah, he's got the worst of all worlds. He, and... he could have just owned it at the beginning and just gone... Because yeah. we said, look, guys, I'm an actor. So, yeah. Yeah. actually, I'm playing a gay guy in this, yeah. guy, in this one. Hold your stomachs, fellas. So, 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 maybe, so maybe, yeah. maybe it's not for you. Yeah, but yeah, he's got this. He's got this whole hang-up that Steve Sherwood thinks he's gay, as you can see by his reaction with Maggie, and he just can't get that out of his head. But the other person that's there, that's yeah, there is going to give. And this is more important even Jermaine Greer. Yeah. He yeah. looks out to the audience and sees Greg. Yeah, and Greg doesn't have a speaking part in this episode, but his eyes and his his, his expression gives quite a lot away here because yeah. he just sort of puts his head in his hands as it's almost like sympathetic to Andy, like, oh yeah. mate, I know we have our banter, but fuck me. Yeah, this I didn't is see that. this is the end of you here. I, I didn't. I You're didn't not. See yeah, he, he goes. Yeah, he's like he's almost like like that. You know, it's it's yeah. quite telling. But. but not only does does Greg's face drop, but Andy. As soon as Andy sees him, like he's yeah. kind of a bit more like defiant when he sees Jermaine Greer. But then when he sees Greg, he's like, oh fuck. And I think if Andy, it's at that moment yeah. you can kind of see, and it's a good performance by Gervais because you can kind of see that he's realizing like I've made that, the wrong. If I'd known choice. Greg was in the audience I wouldn't have cared about Stephen that lot mm. because really it's Greg is the person who he's always the person on his shoulder who's trying to he's got impress. distracted hasn't he with yeah. Steve Sherwood he's always been his antagonist yeah and then the antagonist has shifted a little bit over, yeah. the, year, over yeah. the different episodes but yeah He's always been the main guy on his shoulder. Just because of Steve and Gutrot and that, like he kind of he, he, he you know he, he he kept his eye off the ball, like he lost the th- he lost the thread of what he really wanted to do, which was to get past Greg, impress Greg, yeah, make yeah. sure he's keeping up with Greg career wise, keep his career on the tracks. It makes me think if he'd bumped into Greg in the ticket office, yeah, none of this would have happened. Yeah, probably yeah, because he would have yeah, known right, it, Greg's there. Forget, yeah. forget Steve, I need to make sure that Greg knows I'm a good actor. Yeah, yeah. If you if you took Steve Sherwood and his mates out of the equation, if they weren't there at all. And he, the whole thing had just been about him impressing Greg. I don't think he would have had any hang-ups about the game no, thing at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think he, he would have embraced done. it. Yeah. Well, like I said, no, I think I that think he still would have been a shit. He looked uncomfortable from the beginning. He might have been shit. He might be slightly uncomfortable. But like I said, he he'd invited Damon and Ian from the BBC. He was obviously planning, and he double checked that they'd been there to pick up the ticket. So he's obviously, mm. and at some point, trying to. He's put like on a, a performance that at least he would be proud of. He's like a really inauthentic chameleon. Yeah. He tries to change his stripes all the time, but he can't adapt to anything properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you get some authentic, some chameleon suits like that. You know, you get some chameleon. <laughs> some of them would have said something a bit more nasty. You know, some, you know, some chameleons, are, uh, some people chameleon. who, who are chameleons who are not professional chameleons. <laughs> some people are good at it, right? Some yeah. people can change their identity a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Blend in with everyone and get away with it. Yeah, but Andy just he doesn't fall anywhere because he's bad at all of it because yeah. he commits to nothing. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm aware that he is not really a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he how do I change my stripes so well? <laughs> In the end, he gets his downfall because he chose the play, which you know 
some people would think it's an important play. It's about kind of like gay, um, you know, themes and stuff. And he took it for the wrong reason. He took this thing that a lot of people would have given their right arm to yeah. be a part of, and he chose it for the wrong reason. And so in the end, he kind of he's punished for it because his heart's not in it. He's not doing it for the right reason. So he's like he has to be he's yeah. sinned kind of thing. He's sort of it's one of the first times. Really, he, he he sets himself up in the, in other episodes, sure, but it's probably the first time where I think he deserves that. He deserves yeah. to, yeah, be. absolutely. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's probably the final nail in his coffin, right? I can't really remember the, the plot beyond the fact that Robert De Niro turns up in the next episode thinking about it. But well, at some point he's on Jonathan Ross, so he well, must be. Oh, a, that's a, right. He must Jonathan be being successful well, at some point. Is the main. But let's let's, let's remember running parallel to whatever Gervais does in that world. He already has his audience of yeah. little Britain loving. You know, you mean Melman. Yeah, it's, 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 so what did I say? He's a base. Sorry, uh, Milman. Obviously, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Sorry, no, no, matter what, like, no matter what Milman does in that theatre world, you know his average kind of thick kid and their thick parents <laughs> demographic. They're not even going to see no. the play or even read about it. No, but he would have had no qualms about ditching them if if this play had gone. Oh, hundred well. percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He then, would have. Yeah. He, he would have like kicked them right in the fucking bin. But yeah. then at the end, we, we have that wonderful echo of you know the Bowie episode where he goes back to the pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode, he goes, you having a Oh, that's the worst. He always does it. He always and when, when he, not my audience. Who cares? Well, it's like well, you cared thirty yeah. minutes ago. Oh. When it suits him, he'll go back. <laughs> when it suits him, we'll go crawling back. But, to but, but I can't yours. believe he thought that was a good idea. Talk about not taking the temperature of the room. Yeah. Fuck me. That was the. I mean, clearly he's uh, his last knockins. There's no other choice there. He's just yeah. got nothing else in the locker, <laughs> and that just shows how empty his locker is. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There was nothing he could do to dig himself out of that except trot out that line that he's supposedly so embarrassed about in the beginning of this episode. Are you having a laugh? Is he having a laugh? <laughs> Not my audience. So what? What would Robert De Niro think of this outburst? Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, even yeah, it doesn't even impress gut rot and oh. bus and boss hog. I wonder if they would even be fans of when the whistle blows. No. I bet they don't even probably. watch it. They're probably down the pub probably doing something not. else on a Friday night, whenever yeah. it's on. And then it just sort of fades to black, and that's it, isn't that's it? it? Just it. left yeah. on stage. Yeah. Tea for the tiller man. Good night. Yeah, well, it's one of those classic. Like, I mean, it's obviously it's a melancholy song, and it always leaves us on, yeah. a, on, a, on a bit of a state of like, oh, what's Cat, Andy going to do now? Cat Stevens. But this is this is the ultimate. Like, it fits the scene so well that mm. opening strains of Tea for the Tiller Man. Works. Yeah, it's literally it's almost like. And it's, and it's setting up for the kind of the end of uh, series two, like I'm about to reference in the office. But it's like when Brent is left, he's been made, he's been asked to be, you know, yes. he's been made redundant. He's just pecking with the with the thing in the rain. And this is the same thing where it's 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 Andy. His career is just like literally at rock bottom. There's nowhere worse. Yes, it, yes, is. it is. <laughs> <laughs> setting up setting up for, 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 for episode six of series two, which is like the same situation that Brent found himself in. That's like true. He's literally couldn't get like he did. Yeah, he's just at rock bottom, and then like this kind of sad melancholy song comes in. And I remember thinking at the end of series two of Office, actually talking about it with you guys about how like what's the what's the next episode going to be? Is there a way of pulling it back? Is yeah. there a way of rescuing him from all of this is there any credibility he's actually going to maybe get but which from my memory it's like he just literally makes a last ditch attempt to get Robert De Niro to yeah, get yeah. to a Robert De Niro film but, he does, yeah. but what's the plan though he just meets Robert De Niro and then what well try and get him into one of his films can he make Stardust with him yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. now I meet the parents three with featuring Andy Millman <laughs> what's Andy Millman doing to meet the parents it's mental <laughs> You are not really John. So, this is the part that we all wait for and look forward to eagerly every week. 
It's the quiz. No, it's quite a difficult episode to mine this week. Uh, you say that every week. Every single week. <laughs> yeah, literally. Because, yeah. because of, you know, the relative lack of content, really. But I managed it. I managed content. it. And I'm, you know what I mean? Let, let's, we can ask questions. You know, you may, you may have guessed what the question is going to be, but we'll see if it's their homework, won't we? Um, just a little recap. Seth is on two this series. Jack is on one and James is on one. So, in the league. Seth for the goal. Yeah, so, yeah. how that's happened. Yeah, if Seth, if Seth wins um, this episode, he will actually be uncapped and have won the series. Workshops oh, done by a former extra star, James. When you're a boy, Bowie. 
That's not the name of the song, but I'll give you a point for Bowie. Does anyone know what the song's called? No. No. What's it, the song called? It's called Boys Keep Swinging. Oh. Uh, and, and in fact, so we know we've all got half a fact, Blur got sued because MOR was very, very similar to it. Oh, really? Yeah, or, or they, they gave royalties voluntarily, but it's exactly the same tune. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, question number four. Um, name Steve Sherwood's friends that comes to play with him. Three points. Jack. Boss Hog. Gut Rot. Nobby. Or just about got there. What, <laughs> three points for that? No, one point for that. I no, you said three pointer for that. Yeah, three point, nice. Right. That should be a two point and Danny special. Okay, surely. It's a two pointer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one, one, three for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Can we all do it? Question number four. I don't know. We all know it's going to be a question as well. Yeah, exactly. Question number five. Where does Maggie say to Dan that you can't have your Christmas dinner? Jane just picked. Ibiza. 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 Yes. So, with two questions to go, it's James on three points, Jack on two and a half, and Seth on half a point. Fucking hell. Question number six: What paper is Rita reading at the beginning of the episode? This is how this you can tell I'm finding it hard. James. Sun. No. It was a local paper. I'll tell you that much. You are aware that I am not really the Wigan Gazette. No. No, don't know. It was the Bolton oh. Evening News. Right, question Evening number news. seven. The, the final question. Right. <laughs> final question. So this could this is basically between Jack and James. Um, so if Jack gets this, he wins. If James gets it or no one gets it, James wins. Um, right. Question number seven. <laughs> Who is asked to step in to defend when the whistle blows against Jermaine Greer on the TV show? Jack. Mark Commode. Mark Commode. Well done, Jack. <laughs> so Surely you, Jack would have known a question about Mark with, Commode. With yeah. three and a half points, Jack wins <laughs> by half a point over James with three. So the score for the series is now Seth two, Jack two, James one. Ooh, very good. Uh, everything to play for. So I think we will only take at the Christmas one. We'll have to be a decider. I think. Well, yeah, yeah, because it could be like a dead heat, right? We could have two, oh. two, two if I win the next one. But yeah, if either Seth <laughs> or Jack wins, <laughs> if either Seth or Jack win, then it's game over for James. And I think James should probably write the quiz for the Christmas special. Oh, yeah, you go. Here he next time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. James should be. I did one of the best quizzes ever, by the I, way. Unless I, you've forgotten about the Christmas special I, for the office. I actually love doing a quiz, and you know, I never get to do one because I wasn't to write the living thing. So it'd be, nice, it'd be a nice treat for me. Fair point. In a way. Oh, don't ask me any more questions. All right, so that about wraps up episode five, guys. Good work, everybody. Looking yep. forward to next week. We're yeah. getting towards the end. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. Steaming yeah. through. Two aren't we? We're on the home run. Feels like we took such a long break, but then to suddenly jump back in and we're just absolutely ploughing through yeah. these ones. Yeah. Now. yeah. So, yeah, one more to go. And uh, yeah, like I, I really can't remember. I mean, I always say this. I always say, oh, I can't remember what happens in the next episode. I just remember this and this. And then you watch the episode, and all it is is mm. that and that. <laughs> there's not really ever. We have, I think, who else I saying it to? But there's not actually really. The thing is, you said, like, yeah. there's not actually much to any of the episodes, which no. is good. I mean, and you, and you forget that, and they're still kind of tightly written, and you can, you know, you, you, they make you laugh, but. Not, there's not a lot of content in mm. any of these episodes. So thinking about what's going to happen in episode six, I know that he does the Jonathan Ross show, and then he beats that kid in the hospital. Robert Lindsay. And yeah, and Robert Lindsay comes, yeah. and then he also kind of like, his agent gets a meeting with Robert De Niro. And I'm like, there there's must be three more. Main bits, there must be they? more to it than that, but I bet there's not no, going to be. I think, I think because like we were saying about the office had no filler. Right? Yeah. So the office, it feels like even though essentially nothing happens they're literally just in an office loads happens in every episode because every scene every word every bit of dialogue is important yeah. Yeah. and so uh, integral to the, the overall structure and art of the series whereas extras 
like we've seen in this episode, probably more than any other episode, throws in a lot of stuff that's just funny. Yeah. yeah. So what about, what about Big Keith? So a whole scene can go by occasionally. Yeah. A whole scene can go by though. A whole scene <laughs> can go by where you kind of think. Um, yeah, like we say, that that didn't really do anything except be funny. Yeah, yeah. And then you get to the mm. end, I've got to a few, at the end of a few episodes in this series and thought, is that it? Yeah. And didn't something else happen in this one? Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, like you say, it's not a criticism. It's not a bad thing, necessarily. It's just... It's, just, it's just a different yeah. structure. It's, 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 it's almost yeah. like an ex, as an example of how fondly you remember them. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You remember them as being that much more. But I mean, I think it's, that's also part of when you unpack it and there's not as much depth to it like there is with The Office. And yeah. There's less to unpack by, that, by definition. There is definitely less But uh, I think on reflection, <laughs> this is probably my favourite episode. I think I was when I watched it back. I was laughing raucously. Yeah, I laughed. I don't have to, and, let, and, and, at the end of the Christmas episodes, let's do like a rundown. Yeah, because I, I don't I, know I'm interested to. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I for me, this was a bit of a dark episode. I, I prefer the Les Dennis one myself. Yeah, yeah. Ever, ever since we started series one, you've been saying we McKellen McKellar episode wasn't one of your favourites. Yeah. Well, I just think it's it's just so ridiculous. It's, it's probably the moment, it's probably just... the most broad, isn't it? It's literally just and it's literally just. Let's just have some funny, ridiculous yeah, things yeah. happen. But I do think I do think the Steve Sherwood thing is interesting. It's another insight into you know the kind of unhappy adolescence that Annie had and how that's contributed to making the. I'll give you this. It's a pure person. It's certainly, now. It's certainly <laughs> one of the few glimpses of the past from before extras mm. that we get. Like if you wanted yeah. to put together like a little biography of Andy, that's mm. interesting. That'd be a big as well part as of it. as well as the bits we get about how he used to be a bank manager and he went on a, and he used to go out with the yeah. women from Hobby City and blah blah blah. Like we don't get much backstory. Other, backstory about like what happened before episode one of extras, but that's it all comes like you you can put pieces together. Yeah. Mm. And don't diss the bank. That's where he finally got you know finally got his end away with Ronnie Corbus. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas do Thanks for listening, and uh, don't forget to rate and review and subscribe, and we'll see you all next week. Yeah. See you next week. Ciao. Ciao. And it's good night from it's me. It's good night from me. <laughs> Danny, I'd like to talk some business with you. Uh, how would you fancy eight specially chosen craft beers a month, courtesy of the B-52s? Eight beers from the B-52s? It's a good offer. Eight beers, two snacks, one magazine, you'll be in and out. What are you talking about? B-52s, the uh, world's largest beer club. You mean Beer 52? What did I say? B-52s. Oh, hang on a minute, I've heard of them. Who's that? A band, they did Love Shack, you know, Rock Lobster, a bit of a new wave vibe. <laughs> right, okay, well, Beer 52, it's very exciting. For a monthly subscription, you get a specially chosen case of beer, each with a different theme each month. You know, we've got Belgium, California, New Zealand, all sorts of themes. And I know you love great offers, so with this exclusive link, wwwbeer 52 forward slash blog, you get your first case of eight craft beers for free. And all you have to do is pay the $5.95 for postage. Now, and I also checked with them straight away, and I said, will you be able to pause or cancel the subscription even after getting the first case? And they said yes, so it's win-win for us. You didn't ask them that. Well, yeah, obviously, because I was worried that if you're a cheapskate Wernham blog listener, you might sign up for the exclusive link, and you know you might not want to keep paying the subscription after that. But the guys at Beer 52 already know what our listenership is like, so... Oh, they know what our listenership's like because they're in the business and they actually know how to deliver great customer service and great offers to keep their subscribers happy. I wonder if they'll give us a cut of the sign-ups. Don't ask them if we can get paid for every sign-up. Right, call them and say, yes, I'm interested in great monthly beer subscription with my first case of eight beers free if I sign up through www.beer52.com. That's beer52, not b 52 slash word and blog. Yeah, well, I'll call them later. No, call them now. No, that's fine. I'll call them outside. Call, call, me, call me in here. No, no I, don't, I just don't want to call them in front of you. It's fine. You're not going to ask me if we can get a cut of every one block sign. That's what's doing here then. Are you having a lot?
get it. 